Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! Welcome, welcome. Episode two of Silver and Gold is on the air. I am Pickle Loaf from the Sweaty NC. And with me, Dr. Azam. Azam. And I am freshly cleaned inside and out, baby. And uh, thank you to Reverend Scott once again for that intro. I did not give enough love to him the first time. And thank you to... uh, Thank you to Michael Hayes for singing such a wonderful, wonderful song. So much, there's so much love to give to everyone. Love all around for all of you. Love you. So um, this week we have our redneck lawmen double feature. Still sticking. Uh, we've made it through two whole episodes now with uh, sticking to our theme idea. So we'll see how long that lasts. But um, we have a uh, a film. With uh, seems like a pretty early Tommy Lee Jones film, uh, Jackson County Jail, from seventy, um, I don't remember, something or other, seventy something or other, and we have a very different redneck lawman film, Final Justice, with one plump Joe Don Baker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a doozy! All right, so um, first, I guess we'll get in as our usual, to what we've been watching. And Zom, I'll let you lead off. Well, um, when we decided to record uh, this week, um, I thought to myself, as usual, I hadn't watched much of anything. And then when I started making the list, I found that, uh, yeah, since the last time we recorded, which was probably quite, you know, at least seven days ago or whatever, that, uh, yeah, I I have a list. So we're going to run through these fuckers and let's get rolling. Um, The first movie that I watched was uh, The Ruling Class with Peter O'Toole. And um, this movie is perhaps, uh, when I started watching it, it, uh, it's a Criterion movie. And uh, it comes up on the screen that uh, it was rated X. And, um, hmm. you know, there's no real uh, gratuitous sex or violence or anything. It's it's probably one of the most subversive movies uh, of all time if you are British. Uh, and uh, it takes on, let, let's just say it takes on um, the aristocrats and... Um, you know the the uh, the elite, and uh, it is it has some funny shit in it. And um, have you seen this? I have not. Loaf. Okay. Um, I will just I'm going to whet your appetite by saying okay two things, and I'm not going to give anything else away. One, Peter O'Toole uh, believes that he is Jesus Christ. Excellent. 
in the movie. And two, um, my my ex- my full existence is complete now because I got to see a giant gorilla in a tuxedo wearing a top hat giving <laughs> Jesus Christ a backbreaker about five times. And I'm talking about lifting him up like he's going to body slam him and crushing him across his knee over and over. I guess this over. is where your um, X rating comes in. Um, there's a lot of stuff in here that uh, they really <laughs> are hammering the shit out of uh, the stiff upper lip, the upper crust. And uh, they, they pull no punches. And it's pretty damn good movie. Um, that's 1972, the ruling nice. class starting Peter Toole. Um, ben, uh, I know you're a, a huge um, uh, hockey fan. <laughs> I'm, a moderate, I'm a moderate hockey fan. We actually have I've, a team. We're good. We're okay. Yeah, you guys do have a team. We won a Stanley uh, Cup, baby. Yeah, we have. Like, you know, you guys do all right sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but I've been watching some documentaries. Uh, uh, there's a, and I won't go into this too much because it's it's uh, it is sports. So, um, but there's a, a series of uh, documentaries called Legends of Hockey, and they basically cover. Um, um, Hall of Fame players talk about their careers and everything. And I watched uh, one uh, about Phil Esposito, Bobby Hull, uh, Mike Bossy, and I watched the Bobby Orr one this morning. And that's uh, that, that you know we're not losing our we're not losing our cinema people here because I will weave this together with cinema. Uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle, huh? Just to do it. Friends of Eddie Coyle, when they're at the hockey game, they're at a Bruins game, and he says. Number four, Bobby Orr, right before they, you know, give him the coup de grace. Damn. Uh, next one, this one was for Will because the act, one of the actors in this movie is, is uh, Large Williams, one of his favorite actors of all time, Ben Foster. And this uh, was on TV, and it's called Hostage uh, with Bruce Willis. And uh, Ben Foster, who I know, you know, Canada loves Ben Foster. <laughs> and um, eh, Kim Coates, I like him. Uh, there, there's, there's several people in this. It's, uh, it's not a turd, but it's not, you know, it's not great. And I believe uh, Will said that uh, this movie actually um, is why he hates Ben Foster uh, maybe <laughs> more than any other actor. Uh, on the loaf front... On, on Loaf's recommendations from last week, and this is a surprise for him because I, he doesn't know that I'm that I did this, you know, in his honor. I watched Semi Pro with Will Ferrell. Oh God! <laughs> and uh, we won't talk too much about that one. Um, <laughs> now, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think you said that Step Brothers was better than this. Yes. And I fucking hated Step Brothers, and I didn't mind this one. <laughs> well, I did watch Step Brothers under a certain influence. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This one, you know, I think the reason that that uh, that I actually didn't mind this one that much, because, I, like I said, I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan, is it just has a really a, a hell of a nice cast. Uh, there's, a Woody lot, yeah, there's a lot of people in this. Yeah. Woody Harrelson uh, should get a lot of props because just about everything he's in um and he and he does some movies that are not you know your typical 
shit. I mean, he'll he'll adventure out there. And I mean, for being just you know being a comedian, he's a pretty good actor. Um, that Mara Tierney um, that plays uh, Woody Harrelson's love interest in this. Right, right. She used to be on ER, and man, she just fucking made my bits and pieces go just run around <laughs> like you know like like bumblebees in a jar. I felt that inside my crotch for her. And then when I found out that, you know, she is like a, uh, 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 ordained minister now, for some reason that made me just want to go, you know, have more sexy time with her. And I'm an atheist. It's kind of like the punishing thing. I think <laughs> convert her. Yeah. And we had Rob Corddry and, uh, also, uh, Todd Packer from the office, which I'm down with the Pac-Man. Um, but we'll move on from that one. It, uh, the bear, and I'll be honest with you, the bear wrestling fucking sold it for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that part. I, I did like when he was all nervous and he looks outside the cage to the woman with the tiny hat. He's like, he, he's like, I, I, I like your hat. And there's like a very weird, awkward moment. And she's like, oh, I, I left it in the dryer too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and uh, I, I don't know how I found this out, but uh, I guess they drew on a lot of the... Um, uh, ABA history and stuff, and they actually at one of these games had a uh, a bear wrestling, you know, kind of a deal. Jesus, but, but of course in the in the movie the bear doesn't even have a muzzle on or anything. But you know, growing up as a wrestling fan, baby, I saw many a uh, uh, a bear wrestling, and they always had the muzzle on, and you know the bear would pretty much just fucking sit on the person, and <laughs> use, and the entire time like the uh, the trainer would always have you know. The bear on a chain, he'd be standing there with the chain, right? There, you know, as best he could. But anyway, let's I'm, I'm fucking getting off the beaten path already, and we need to keep moving here. Uh, the body stealers that was for uh, the movie I watched for Hamakush, which uh, you know, uh, with Bryn, and um, it was uh, it was not a it was well, I was gonna say not a good movie, it wasn't a bad movie. It was uh, I enjoy like the the uh, older movies from you know, the 50, 40s, 50s, and uh, you know, I. Uh, I think uh, I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing, but I give a lot of leeway on some of those movies, and and I enjoy them. Right. Uh, and if you want to know more about what I think about that, listen to the Hamakush podcast, dear. Hamakush. Uh, the next movie was uh, State of Grace, and this movie, when it uh, when it first came out on VHS, because I didn't see it in the theater, uh, I don't think it, it didn't get like a really wide release because. Uh, and it didn't do that well at the box office, and I think it was because another movie came out like right at the same time, and they both have to do with the mafia. And uh, the other movie was called Goodfellas. Have you heard of that one? Uh, so I, it, I have to look it up. I can't remember yeah. exactly. Uh, but State of Grace is about the uh, the uh, Irish Westies, and um, great cast. It's got Ed Harris. It's got Sean Penn. It's got Robin Wright before she was Robin Wright Penn. It's got Gary Oldman. It's got John C. Riley. It's got uh, John Turturro and a whole bunch of other fucking people. And um, it's a it's a damn good movie. I need if you to haven't see seen this. It, yeah, I need to see it's, that. It's really good. Um, it was one of my favorites uh, for, for for a while. Um, another thing that I watched, and this was. Um, I think it was more like a YouTube interview deal, but they were they were long segments. Was a, um, a documentary or interview slash documentary about Fred the Hammer Williamson, 
and you can find it on uh, YouTube. And it's really cool because he talks about when he first started in acting, how he got in there and how he converted over to doing these, you know, making his own movies in like Italy and Spain and how they um, would um, substitute, say, you know, in some of his movies, uh, they it was they were supposed to take place in New York, but they'd be shooting the movie in like Buenos Aires, and oh. they would have a certain section of Buenos Aires that had like some some skyscrapers, but then everything outside of there was like fucking jungle and third world country shit. But so they try and do it like that. Pretty good if you can find it. Uh, King of the Underworld, 1939, with uh, Humphrey Bogart, and this uh, this one was. Um, it was on uh, Comcast in demand, like the free instant watch deal uh, from Turner Classic. And um, the reason, one of the reasons I watched it, it was only like about sixty-three minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it um, there's even I think there was a TV show, or maybe I know there was a I think there was a movie and a TV show. It's about a a, a, a doctor, and he gets hooked up with like a a mob boss to be like the mob's doctor. Like if somebody gets shot, he'd call and he'd say, Hey, you know, I need you over here right now. And at first the guy gets into it. And then, and then, uh, when bogey would call him after a while, I was like, no, you know, I can't, you know, I can't come over. And he's like, you know, basically you better get your ass over here. So it was pretty good though. Uh, and it's not real long. So you can breeze through one of those pretty quick. Whereas, uh, like the ruling class was you know, about three hours long. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if it's that long, but it was, it was I took many a break to have a shite. Um, to have next a shite. one, but Butterfield 8 with Liz Taylor and Lawrence Harvey, uh, who was the father of Domino Harvey uh, that they made the movie about. Um, it was pretty good. And um, the thing that kind of caught me on that one was, uh, you know, the storyline is basically uh, Elizabeth Taylor is, it says like in the synopsis, she's a call girl. Mm-hmm. She's not really a call girl. She's just a freaking hoe <laughs> and she's proud to be a hoe she's you know she's the kind of girl that when she walks in the bar all the all the guys are like hey there's so-and-so Woo-hoo, yeah we're gonna party now you know and she had tremendous tits and uh, i hate to be so blunt but her <laughs> former many time husband referred to her as miss tits and that would be richard bird um and uh, yeah it, it's a good movie um I really like that one, and um, she she displays in one scene her her um, chesty assets, and I I liked it. Um, I liked it a lot. The bumblebees came back a lot. A lot. Um, next movie, Eye of the Tiger with Getty Busey uh, from nineteen eighty six, and I believe he is a British actor too. Um, the uh, is it Busey? 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 Um, this movie was pretty good, but um, I gotta tell you, it left me like uh, just kind of limp a little bit because you know you see Busey and you're like, yeah, fuck Busey, yeah. And he wasn't Busey in this. Hmm. He was. Uh, this was when, okay, you had you had Busey from like Big Wednesday, and he was kind of goofy and everything. Well, then he did the Buddy Holly story, and then like around the Lethal Weapon time, that's that must have been around when this was, because uh, Busey got in like really good shape, 
he 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 lost weight like when he was in Barbarossa he was fat and he had these big mule teeth and everything right well at one point Busey like did like when Stallone did the yuppie thing mm-hmm. Busey got in really good shape he slimmed down he looked really good he yeah. uh, you know had his hair combed a certain way and and w- if he didn't smile he actually didn't look you know he looked kind of handsome and that's the way this was and he kind of he didn't play up the Busey you know um, McBain kind of a deal where right. he's like, yeah, yeah, but you know, butthorn and all that stuff. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> tries to be like Gary Cooper and it's kind of boring. Mm. Um, but it does have a pickup truck that has like, uh, it's like a tank that has like rockets and shit. William Smith's in it, which that's always a plus as the villain. And, uh, Yafet Koto, uh, you get to see him dressed like, um, Snoopy and the red Baron flying an airplane. Um, next movie was, uh, I caught, um, this is, uh, right up our alley. I think I was just going to say it's not, but I think it is, um, a lot there were, they had a marathon of, uh, Hercules with Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> I thought that you were watching that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it surprised me because I, I, I don't, I never watched it. I mean, I remember watching Xena because it made me happy in my pants. Uh, but when it came to like Hercules, I was like, "That you know, let the girls watch that. Uh, he doesn't make me happy pants. Um, but it had Anthony Quinn in it, and he plays Zeus. And uh, there were several episodes. Uh, and I think a couple of these were actually Hercules, like the extended made-for-TV movie deal. Oh, okay. And uh, they were fun. I mean, yeah, whatever. I, li- I liked... Uh, What's his name? I like seeing Sorbo show up in, um, what was the, um, Bitch Slap. Yeah, he was in Bitch Slap, and I thought it was kind of cool that they that they uh, threw him in there as the, this, uh, you know, villain with the dark glasses and machine gun and shit. Um, moving right along, uh, this movie starred a piece of wood. They just took a chunk, like, when you have, like, uh, lumber out in your yard and you're building a you're doing a project, you're building a deck or something, and you cut off the end, and you just have this chunk of wood that's really not good for anything. It's just right. a chunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't do anything. Well, the chunk of wood, and they, they put it as the star of uh, Max Payne, and, uh, <laughs> and they, drew, they drilled two big holes in it for nostrils. And um, uh, fucking Mark Wahlberg just was the shit. And I don't mean the shit. I mean, he sucked in this movie. He has one emotion, and that is to scowl with that fucking uh, thing between your eyes, where you know, the, the wrinkle, and yes. uh, to and to breathe through his nose and try and look intense. I'm intense. I'm Mark Wahlberg. You know, how's your mother? I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm intense. And uh, he sucked. Um, the girl from... Um, Oh, what the frag was that? The the seventy uh, show. No, 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 the, no. Yeah, I know Mila Kunis. Uh, she was in it, and I'm torn about her, especially at this point because she looks so young, and she was supposed to be playing this, uh, you know, this hot badass like Russian sort of mafia oh, kickass. Oh, oh, right, right. And she, to me, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm getting old. I thought she looked like a kid, you know, playing. You know, at being that the girl that I thought was hot was the one that was in the fast bender like gladiator movie. And she was the um, the uh, the mean ass uh, uh, like villain warrior woman that was chasing after him the whole time. Hmm. And Olga something or other. 
Yes. Uh, and let me tell you something. That chick in this was super duper hot, and she played Mila Kunis's sister. Well, I think the real girl and and you know that played the part that was Centurion is the uh, Fastbender movie, and uh, her name is uh, if I can find it here. You talking about Olga Kurylenko? Yes. Oh yeah. my Jesus! Even in that movie, in in uh, Centurion. When she's got all the makeup on and everything, she's mm-hmm. just so fucking hot. You know, I, I, I'd be like, you know, yeah, come catch me because I want to wrestle you. You know, if I was him, <laughs> I just I would let her catch me. Uh, and she is like Ukrainian or you know from Russia or something in real life, so she has the actual accent and everything. And Mila Kunis is supposed to be her sister, and like for two seconds when they pass each other and speak, Mila Kunis does you know what's this blah blah. And, uh, you know, then for the rest of the movie, she sounds like the girl from the 70s show. So that's – and then, you know, the movie just wasn't any good. I mean, it, it could have been good because a, a decent cast. You know, Bo Bridges was in it, Chris O'Donnell. Uh, Ludacris. And Dominic West. Yeah, Ludacris was in it. And you know what? He what I, I am not a fan of some of these rappers being in movies because they suck, but he actually wasn't bad. Um, he was like a detective. But the movie just wasn't that good, and uh, my sister was obsessed with that game um, uh, yeah, yeah. because I bought it, and I had a computer that I bought from one of my friends, and um, I thought, well, I'm going to get a really cool game and play it. So I went and bought this game, and then when I put it in, it was like this. It basically came up and said, this computer sucks so bad, it will never <laughs> play this game. You've got to give it to somebody else. So I gave it to my sister and said, you know, hey, you know, you know, maybe my brother-in-law will like to play this. And then uh, that's like a week later. I was talking to her, and uh, she goes, "Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this fucking game." <laughs> and at the time, her daughter was like three years old, and her daughter would sit there and be like, "Mommy, kill! Okay, hit him with the baseball bat, kill him!" <laughs> you know. And they would, sit, she would sit there, and she'd be like, "You know, I've been playing this game, and you know." And then I look up, and I look at the clock, and I've been, "Oh my god, I've been sitting here for six hours." And I was like, "You know, I think you have a problem." So anyway, we're gonna move on then. <laughs> just a little—that's just a little uh, a story that that we like to we like to add little stories to some of these reviews, just to show us you know the humanity of us. I know we we are people too. Yeah, and th- and that we can empathize with you, the listener, the you know the little people, the normal people. Yeah. Well, yeah, normal little. You know, so. um, even big celebrities like us. So I went on a run here because I watched Max Payne. And then I followed it up with Van Helsing. And uh, um, and I have to say, and I will say this, you know, it's subjective and to each his own and everything. I saw this movie in the theater and I liked it. And I know people hate this fucking movie and they think it's a piece of shit. I watched it again the other night and I still like it. So fuck y'all. <laughs> um, but moving along, I'm not going to dally on that one uh next one was hellboy 2 uh the golden yada yada whatever yeah and uh, i like that one too yeah, um i like that I, I thought that one was pretty good i, I really like um the creature designs all the one. creatures the special effects and everything uh like when they did we were talking the last show which is ep- was episode one so if y'all want to listen to that you go back and uh, you know you go to silvaandgold.com and you or on iTunes and find Silva and Gold and you can listen to the first episode um, and um, 
we were talking about X Men First Class and how the beasts look like shit. Yeah. Uh, they pretty much, I think, you know, just tried to do the whole beast thing with just makeup, and he looked and it looked really bad. Um, you know, you watch like Hellboy Two and see all these creatures and everything that they did and how good it looked, and you think, you know, I wonder why they why didn't they fucking just use that type of you know, uh, use that guy or hire the guy and use the technology and look good. But they didn't. Uh, but Hellboy 2, I liked it. Uh, Selma Blair, some people don't think she's hot. And she is an itty, she's l- l- uh, even less than itty bitty titty committee <laughs> that we talked about before. Um, and I saw an interview with her on uh, YouTube, like on Late Night with Conan O'Brien or Letterman or something like that. And she actually makes fun of herself uh, about that, which I think is cool. But uh, she wore like a lot of black leather and had like this utility belt that was kind of slung down on her hips. And when she was walking, I was like, <laughs> I like it. Um, next movie, <laughs> speaking of uh, something like that um, in the same realm, is uh, Whiteout with Kate Beckinsdale. And um, this movie, I'd never even really heard of it. You know, I don't think it got like a real big release. Um, but Kate Beckinsale was hot. And uh, probably about 10 minutes into the movie, um, she's in, uh, you know, this Arctic outpost. Uh, she's like a U.S. Marshal. And um, she goes into her little room and takes off all her winter gear down to a white bra and panties. And uh, and we even get a gratuitous bending over shot so you can see the boot. Exactly. And uh, it looked good. And the new Underworld movie's coming out. And a lot of people gave me shit about that on Facebook this week because <laughs> I posted it. And I said, I think she's hot, and I'll watch this movie just because she's wearing that black latex stuff. And, you know, of course, you know, hey, like I said, to each his own, but I think she's hot. I like her with the teeth. I like her with the eyes, and I like her with those pants. And I don't think those movies are great, and I'm not saying that they are, but I will watch it just to see her prance around and look very sexy. I like sexy time, and I like Kate Beckinsale. Um... I watched Super with uh, Dwight Schrute. Now, was that any good? I heard that was a lot more violent than it looked. It's so fucking violent. <laughs> it is so violent. Um, and that's and, and they do it in a good way, like to make a point. Mm. Uh, this is like real violence. I mean, it's nasty, real. It's like if they took Kick-Ass and... Um, I, I don't know how to put it because Kickass was violent, but even though you know, like uh, if Kickass got shot or beat up and he's like really hurt, I mean, this is real violence. Right. You know, um, it's horrific uh, violence, and uh, it's done that way to make a point. Um, and but like I said, I, I think after seeing Kickass and Defendor. And it's hard not, it's, you know, you shouldn't compare, but you almost have to. Uh, and I think that after watching those two and then watching this, I felt like I was almost a little burnout on the, you know, just a guy goes out and says, hey, why doesn't somebody just go out and put on a costume and be a superhero? Right. And it's the same thing. So, I, you know, they may have been made at the same time. Hell, that one might have been made before, but just because of how it was released, I didn't see it until after I'd seen those. Um, but I, it's pretty comparable to Defendor, 
um, except it's really super graphic violence and it has Juno in it. And she wasn't <laughs> bad. I heard somebody else say, you know, I hate her fucking goddamn Ellen Page. And uh, she was pretty funny in this. Um, so, I, you know, hey, I don't know, Ellen Page. Um, she might be like 30 years old now, but you always feel weird watching her because you're like, okay, is it okay? <laughs> this is a story, and this isn't on me. This is on one of my friends. Um, we watched some movie with Ellen Page in it, and I can't remember what it was. And uh, I asked my friend, who's about the same age as I am, and I said, uh, hey, I said, uh, is is it okay to like want to screw Ellen Page? <laughs> you know, and uh, he and he said, "Watch hard candy." And I'm like, "Dude, okay, uh, let's let's move on from that conversation," because she looked like she was about 12 years old in that movie. So my friend might be, you know, a little bit weird. Uh, what a creep! The conspirator. <laughs> what was that? I said, "What a creep." But you know, like I said, you know, you look it up and she's 20 some years old now, so whatever. Um, she still looks like a freaking little kid. She, I, she's going to be one of these people like Andy or uh, not Andy Rooney, Mickey Rooney, that he's going to be like 40 or 50 years old and he's still going to look like, you know, some little kid who like Benjamin Button, um, which I watched too. Um, the conspirator uh, McAvoy uh, is the defender of one of uh, the conspirators, uh, supposed conspirators that uh, was involved in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. And uh, this was a pretty good movie. Uh, Robert Redford directed it, and um, we it was this, it, we played this one at the theater for a while. It was interest. It was interesting to me because um, my grandma had a book about this. Uh, never read it, and I remember seeing it there all the time about the conspiracy and everything. And um, even when I was a little kid, my God, it was probably like the late 60s, early 70s, I remember seeing this book in her house. And uh, so it talks about that and, uh, and you know the parallels of a lot of the shit that's going on today. Uh, of course, that's why Redford did it. You know, He wasn't like, geez, I was something or something about Abraham Lincoln. There's so many parallels when you're watching it. You're like, okay, geez, you know, this is you know, kind of shows the sucky situation we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing was the last thing. Uh, it was a pretty good movie called Trust with Clive Owen. Um, it's a good movie. If you have anybody out there listening, if we have any listeners, any anybody, Yoler, um, if you have a kid, especially if you have a daughter, uh, watch this movie. Um, it's about. Uh, internet predators and uh, how easily uh, something can happen and how sometimes uh, young girls who think that they're very mature and they're, you know, in their 12, 13, 14 years old and they think I'm so mature and everything, how they can uh, get in over their head and uh, how it uh, affects the after effects and how the ripples of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, effects. It's a good movie, and um, like I said, I sent my. I have a niece that's like 13 years old, and I sent the link to my sister and said, "Watch this movie." You know, it's um, pretty good. Clive Owen's good. Uh, I liked it. I love Clive. And um, like I said, I watched Benjamin Button, but I just kind of turned it on, caught Benjamin, you know, being an old man, and then. Had you seen but that it, one before? 
Yeah. Okay. And, and I only watched. I, I watched about uh, maybe fifteen twenty minutes of it. Then the dogs and I got in a wrestling match, and uh, <laughs> then I lost all interest and I fell asleep. <laughs> in a pile with the dogs. Yeah, in a pile with the dogs. Oh my god, this this fucking lots. I swear to God, just uh, when you're done, like just even playing with them. You know, like hair in the sides of your mouth and on your face and in your eyes. It's like just hair fucking everywhere. It's like Sasquatch City. <laughs> but I love them. Cool. I love them. I feed them. I'm bigger. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I have to. I'll start off with my list. I have to apologize for my <clears throat> my voice this week. I've been sick for the past four days. It's ridiculous, but um. <laughs> so um, I've been trying to turn my volume down when I cough, so hopefully um, I won't be interrupting too much with that. But um, let's see, last week uh, my uh, my wife wanted to watch a movie. She randomly chose a movie called Shiver. It's a Spanish movie off of um, Instant, Netflix Instant. And um, it, it's, it was different. Uh, I didn't know what to expect going in. It was, like I said, it was blind for both of us. Um, it's from 2008. It's a... Uh, about this kid who can't go in the sun, he has like he's a, has a sun allergy, and um, his mom and him have to move to like this remote mountain town that's in a deep valley, so he can he can uh, stay out of the sun more often. And uh, so it's kind of a it turns into like a scary thing in the woods kind of movie. So um, it was okay. I mean, you know, could have been worse. Um, You're not gonna get like divorced over it or anything. No, I mean my my wife thought thought the exact same thing. So, yeah, no, that's good. Um, I didn't see the the. There's like a twist in it that I didn't really see coming. I was like, what is, what what is gonna? Oh, okay. So, um, I watched Hanzo the Razor Part Two, The Snare. Um, I, I'd st- I'd, I have only seen the first one maybe three times, and I've never made it to the second or third one. And I actually liked this. Second one, the longest arm of the law. I actually like this one better than the first one. Um, Katsu is awesome in it again as as Hanzo, and the um, <clears throat> it's about a kind of a treasury um, conspiracy that he's trying to unravel, and it was good stuff. And and it was weird as as I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking, I was like, how could this be made into a modern movie? I was trying to think of how what certain elements that would have to be there and what would have With to change. Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Yes, it would be amazing. Yes. Mar- Mark Wahlberg would have to have the giant dong, and um, Will Ferrell would have to be in the suspended net spinning around on said dong. Now you're back talking. Just keep rolling with it, man. Um, I watched uh, Fight for Your Life. Um, it's a DVD I've had for, for ages. Um, William Sanderson is a complete bastard in it. Um the uh, it's the cover shows them both shirtless, and I don't remember them either. Either of them ever being shirtless when they <laughs> argue with one another. But uh, you know, if 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 you're uh, sensitive to racial slurs, this is not the movie for you. Um, or if you like racial slurs, this would be the movie. You will you will jerk off while watching this. <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, I don't, I don't. There was no reason for me to not have seen it. I just, you know, had it sitting around, and finally, 
you know, this week, usually when I'm sick, I, I get to, I, I start watching a lot more, I guess, random stuff. I just like, oh, okay, I'm just sitting here, let me pick this up. So, um, another one, another random choice that somehow it eluded me is um, um, Takeshi beat Katano's Sonatine from 1993. And, ooh, it was great. Hmm. Uh, have you seen this one? No, it's on uh, instant, so I highly recommend it. It's 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 very. Uh, I don't know. I I, I, I'm, I guarantee the gentleman would like it just by the type of story that it is. These these yakuza members they're they're, they're going to Okinawa to kind of um, quell a, an argument or a, a feud before it happens, but something take care bl- of business, right? Something blows up there, and they have to go kind of into hiding in this remote beach house in Okinawa. And while they're there, instead of acting like Yakuza members, they start like playing around and playing games and and become like children. And it's really it's really good. Um, you have to send me the link on that one on yeah, uh, Facebook so really, I'll remember. It's awesome. So um, I watched um, the I wa- rewatched Kick Ass um, mm-hmm. again. I, I have it on Blu-ray, and my wife had not seen it, so I. Uh, forced her to watch it and about 30 minutes in she's like this movie's stupid if he got hit like that he would just be dead <laughs> but eventually she got she got what they were doing and um she ended up really digging it i think she liked hit girl quite a bit so i i watched that with my mom and i know i've said that like you know i watched fight club with my mom and the fifth element and this and that um uh, i my mom needed a new computer so i bought her a new computer and, you know, she doesn't know how to hook anything up. Or she barely knows how to use a computer. And I went to hook it up at uh, her house. And um, they have a nice big, you know, uh, TV and a uh, new one. And uh, that was on, uh, I don't know, I, I don't think it was like an HD. I don't know. Maybe it was. But I had it on and while she was sitting there watching me. And she goes, what's this? It was the exact same thing. You know, what is this goofy shit? <laughs> And then after she started watching it, I guess the humor and stuff started kicking in. Right. And she was like watching it. And I was like, yes, yes. I love when, you know, they're really skeptical, like especially their parents or something like that. And, yeah. and then they then they start, you know, oh, okay. You know, and they're like getting into it. That's yep, cool. yep. Um, let's see. I watched uh, the Robert Forrester, um, Fred Williamson movie, Vigilante. Mm. Um, kind of a ripoff of Death Wish, but it, it was okay. I liked it quite a bit. Um, it was a lot more violent than I thought it was going to be, and uh, really, really weird ending. If you haven't seen it, um, if you ever see it, let me know. It's on instant, also. All of these were pretty much on instant because I was uh, lying on my sick bed with my iPad next to me. It's um, a good thing about being sick. Yeah, if you're not too sick, because there's times where <clears throat> when you're too sick and you don't even want the TV on, oh. that's really sucky sick. Yeah, you know. Ugh. Um. Let's see. I watched uh, Anvil, the story of Anvil, finally, another one I've been sitting on forever. And it does also on instant. Um, really, really good. I'm very um, hesitant usually to watch, in particular, music documentaries mm. because the slant that most people seem to take when making these is that they want to uh, show, like, strife in the band. They want to mm-hmm. show, like, how they don't get along, even though they have this, like, different image. And it drives me nuts. Like the Pixies are one of my favorite bands, and I know, I, we've talked about this before. I know you don't like them too much, but the um, just watching the—I forgot the name of the Pixies. The Loud, Quiet, Loud. I think 
and it shows them backstage, and they're just so awkward. Like they don't talk to each other. And yeah. It just, ugh, it just made me miserable to so watch. It's fucking depressing. Yeah. So, but Anvil, I really like. They do get into the whole like guys arguing in the band and all that. But you know, it, it's 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 done positively, and it made me feel good about you know watching it. Well, afterwards. that's why you should watch uh, the documentary about the breeders. Um, you know, the real deal. Uh, because unlike the Pixies, they it's it's very positive and they, they get like along. Other, yeah. And that's why I like the breeders. Um, I watched <laughs> <laughs> I watched so better. Adolf Lundgren uh, yeah, movie. They're not better. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last patrol or the last warrior. And honestly, I didn't make it through it. Um, I am I am a Dolph apologist. And ugh, this was boring. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, straight to video. It's on, it's on Netflix. If you for some reason wanted to watch yeah. it. it, it is called The Last Warrior on Netflix. But the last most of his really good ones are the ones that he directs himself. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah. very competent director. And um, but some I, I of don't the old ones and stuff are you know, they can be she. I'm I'm not sure he directed this. I don't I don't even know who directed this, but it was boring and. Not not very exciting. Um, I watched Thirteen Assassins finally. I, I, I had seen the I had seen the original months ago, and in preparation for watching this, and now in in my uh, dragging my feet, it actually showed up on Netflix, and um, so it was it was awesome. And I I think I like the remake better than the original, but really, that's just because fifties. Or you know the old black and white samurai movies, not exactly my thing usually, but they they, they always confuse me a little. Um, I can't usually keep up with who's who, and mm. um, I don't know. I, it's just it's just a, a tick that I have, I guess. But um, you were Did right. You? The the evil guy was was horrific. Oh, what a fucking <laughs> asshole! They, I, I mean, and I knew they did it for that reason, but I heard somebody say that, like Sammy or somebody say that. And I started watching. I was like, "Hey, you know." And then when some of the shit he was doing, I was like, "Jesus fucking Christ! I'm falling for this. This guy, I is such a bastard. Uh, I fucking hated him so much. He was awful, but oh, awful. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, his they they cast him very well because his face oh. was kind of boyish and like assholey looking. And yeah, they M- Mike did a great job with this one. It's, I thought it was really good. And the um. The the mistake that I made the first time I watched it was I watched the dubbed version Ooh. instead of because uh, on the DVD they have a uh, you know you can watch the dubbed version and I was like eating and doing <laughs> like other stuff so I, I I was like okay well I'm just gonna watch the dubbed version because then I don't have to you know sit there and read the read TV read the TV and I was uh, filling out bills or something and eating you know and uh, I'm doing things with my hand like I'm shoveling food in my mouth mm-hmm. and so I watched that and it was just uh, all the, the you can watch it but it's oh, it's yeah. you know hey let's go over there well why don't you go over there well I think I'll go over there and it's yeah watch it that is that is one thing I do like about most samurai movies is the uh, the line de- the uh, line delivery how they the the Japanese is very like very harsh and mm-hmm. and usually yelled and I, I like what it sounds like so that's yeah. a, I guess that's a weird thing to like but mm-hmm. I like the I like the what the, what the lines sound like um, let's see almost done uh, watched yesterday the Asphalt Jungle a, a noir from 1950 
with a Mr. Sterling Hayden and... In my uh, ignorance, didn't even realize the hot blonde in it was Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I'm watching it. I was like, man, she's hot. She kind of looks like Marilyn Monroe and didn't even realize today until I brought it up to Zombie. He's like, is it Marilyn Monroe? And I was like, what? Is she? And I looked it up. Or, yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel like a dummy. But she was, you know, a lot thinner than she um, was, like, by, by the late 50s, early 60s. And no, no, fool you. When I said, put Marilyn Monroe in this, and he said, who's Marilyn Monroe? Did oh, she yeah. date Michael Pere? <laughs> was she in uh, Streets of Fire? Yeah. Um, Asphalt Jungle is really good. Um, you know, if you're a noir fan, it's a it's a definite checkout. It's um, a uh, about a kind of a heist, a jewel heist, but kind of the jewel heist isn't the main focus of it, but instead the the guys kind of fucking each other over after the fact and... Um, I guess that's typically how heist movies go, either the heist itself or the shit that goes down afterwards. So. It's kind of like podcasting. That's how we do. Yeah, we just fucking so stab f- each other in the backs so after the show. Fuck each other over. Um, and finally, I, uh, I started recataloging all my DVDs yesterday. Uh, I'm a, you were I'm a, homesick. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a glutton for punishment. Um, the uh, So uh, in... In flipping through my DVDs, I came across Adaptation, which I'd say is one of my favorite movies ever. Mm-hmm. And so I just decided to throw it in while I'm doing stuff, and it's still awesome. Um, That's the Cage. Nicholas Cage playing his own twin brothers. Yeah, he, with uh, it's Charlie Kaufman. I seriously like anything that Charlie Kaufman does. I, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's. I need to go back and again and watch Synecdoche, New York, and. Um, Eternal Sunshine, I love. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, I love. I mean, I, he's just oh, such a fantastic Loves writer. Confessions of a yeah. Dangerous Mind. Um, so, yeah, that was it for me. Uh, wow, we went on long there. So um, yeah. let's uh, take a little break, and we are going to come back in just a second. I think we're going to cover Jackson County Jail first and um, get into some uh, the prequel to Women in Prison films. So uh, we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Podcast bestoftheleft.com. No limb knife, 35 millimeter hero. Chin stroke versus pencil. Family movie night. Bloody good horror. Skills on film radio. Night of the Living Podcast. Mail order zombie. Outside the cinema. Popcorn mafia. Perhaps you'd be interested in Gleecast. First time caller podcast. Showshow.podomatic.com. The David Pakman Show. gentle listeners i'm fozzy bear there are a lot of podcasts out there and it's impossible to listen to them all that's where the podcast podcast comes in on the podcast podcast we have very special guests from some of the best shows on itunes covering everything from movies to television to literature to pop culture and politics on the podcast podcast you can listen to these guests and decide if you should check out their show or keep on moving find us in the itunes store by searching for me fozzy bear that's f-o-z-z-i-e-b-a-r-e Back from break. 
Uh, first movie we're going to cover today is Jackson County Jail from 1976. I looked it up. <laughs> um, yeah. Starring a Mr. A young Mr. Tommy Lee Jones and a, I guess, young-ish Mrs. Yvette Mimieux. Mimi. Um, Zom, Zom chose this one last week. I think he had seen it before. I had not. And um, so, Zom, if you want to uh, synopsize, and then I'll, uh, I'll take it. This is a powerful drama about a young woman who stumbles into a nightmare land of hijacking and humiliation in a world while driving across country from California to <laughs> New York. That's about it. That's 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 it in a nutshell. And I, be, you know, really, I'll be honest with you. I think that covered it well enough that there's no real reason to even review this movie. All now. right, we're done, and uh, we'll there be right go. back. With, oh, moving uh, right along. So yeah, this is um, this movie starts one way, and it seems like it's going to be like a. Uh, I don't know. It, it changed tones a few times, but it mm -hmm. starts off, and it feels like it's going to be like a, like a a liberated woman kind of movie like you know shit's not going right here and my husband's a jerk and by the way her husband um mr uh dr johnny mr. fever dr fever himself howard hesman <laughs> has some remarkably short shorts on and that dude is a a sweater wearing guy and i uh -huh. mean his chest hair and you um, get to see the doctor getting it all yeah it only takes four minutes i wrote down that i wrote this down it only takes four minutes to catch a nice set of bombs so um <laughs> keep your eyes out um so yeah, he's just uh, you know she's got a jerky husband, blah blah blah, and like her job blows, and she gets the call from I believe her sister to hey come on come over to New York, you know, California blows, drive out here, move out here in your in your Ford Pinto, and um, why she thought a Ford Pinto would ever make it across the country? I, I beg to differ is. with you, sir. <laughs> it was an AMC Pacer. Oh, Pacer, excuse me. Either Jesus. way. Christ, how can the credibility of this show continue with such just, I mean, unadulterated, you know, <laughs> I, I, Ma Michael Pere, Marilyn Monroe. And the AMC Pacer. AMC Pacer. Fuck a duck. I, di I did recognize Carradine, <laughs> Mr. Carradine, and I don't mean um, David, I mean Robert. <laughs> I did recognize him. Before he even said he even said a word, so that's got to give me a few point a few points. It does, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. But you you, you fucking got uh, not Gilbert, <laughs> but the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. So, but that's cool, you know. Hey, man, that's cool, man. It's all uh, an education. What is wrong with me? Um, well, you're sick too. That is true. And you have a lisp. <laughs> As I cough again, that that was not that was not on purpose. I promise. Okay. Um, so yeah, the. Um, uh, as she's driving across the country, uh, Zom and I were trying to figure out, I, I believe she gets stuck in Missouri. It's a diner. She kind of gets shit on in the diner. Then fucking Carradine and his, uh, one of the most annoying women to uh, ever grace the cinema screen, um, his wife. Iced. She was b brutally bad. Um, but Avocado, avocado. Avocado, yeah. avocado, sure. avocado. She just fucking says like just start saying avocado over oh. and over, like Jesus. I mean, I, I and but you know she was uh, on drugs. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of the turning point of the movie is meeting meeting them. And I'm I'm not gonna spoil what happens, but some uh, misunderstandings happen. And uh, this poor woman, it, it reminded me of um, 
of uh, what was the with teeth or that that movie about vagina dentata, where anything possibly bad that would happen to the main character did. This vagina poor, dentata. Yeah. What, what was that? It was the um, with teeth or something. I can't remember the name of it. The the chick that had the teeth in her vag. Uh, I dated a few women with some strange vaginas, <laughs> but I, I don't remember any teeth. Everybody seemed to like this one, and I did not like this movie, the the the, the toothy vag movie. Toothy um, But anyway, yeah, and I didn't like it because anything bad that could happen to her did, and I guess that was supposed to be funny. But anyway, in this movie, it's just kind of you're like ugh, frustrating, like this poor woman. Um, but anyway, she ends up in prison with a misunderstanding. But while they figure out who she is, because her she has some things stolen, including her ID and and blah blah blah. So she's having to be in a holding cell. And at the same time, we get a little parallel story of uh, Tommy Lee Jones getting caught. I think he's stealing watermelons, which is really he's bizarre. A, he's a melon poacher. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was probably fucking with Charles Bronson's goddamn melons <laughs> from Mister Majestic. Right. So. Um, as Loaf just did a line of blow. I did. That was delicious. Um, actually, it was it was the the ghost orchid powder like they did in the adaptation. So I, nice. I will be hallucinating any minute now and trying to imitate a dial tone. Um, <laughs> the um, <laughs> so Tommy Lee and, and her end up like you know cell cell by cell. This is a very tiny little the Jackson County Jail, if you will. There's only two cells and they're beside each other and and uh, we oof. Well, it starts off with the uh, this really creepy guy, one of the the night watchman, I guess, of the of the prison coming in and talking about all this great stuff he was hunting and all this stuff, and he uh, and the, the sheriff's getting ready to leave, and he offers Yvette, her name was Dinah in the movie, he offers Miss Dinah some candy, which was really weird. He's like, "Here's some candy, you take that," mm. and <laughs> and. The movie, like I said, this is right around when the movie just takes a total like tonal shift, and it gets really dark. Um, Ugh. That there's a cr- that creep that comes in and talk about hunting. He fucking sniffs a hot dog, and oh, it's. I thought all you, I thought all you women from Hollywood liked hot dogs. Oh, he just like rubs like it we- right weenies, under his <laughs> weenies, his beans, or something like that. And whoever makes the best beans and franks, if anybody, I don't know how. Those are fucking giant beans too. Whenever I've had pork and beans, or you know, beanie weenies or whatever, they're really tiny little red beans. These fucking things were like the size of my thumb. They were ridiculously <laughs> huge beans, <laughs> like navy beans or something. I feel I like remember. I remember the gentleman talking about giant beans in a, a movie with uh, Terrence Terrence Hill. Um, he was in prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was he, eating giant beans too. So he, maybe he, there's something with uh, giant beans in prison. <laughs> He always uh, Terrence Hill is like every movie cowboy movie he was in. He would he would have a wooden spoon and he'd find a big bucket of beans or a big skillet full of beans and <laughs> sit there and slop on them. It's uh, his thing. Um, there's a really just a, I guess a heads up for anybody sensitive to it. There's a really brutal rape scene in this. It's it's it was disturbing and I I don't get disturbed by movies much. And honestly, I challenge anybody to try to name me a movie that will disturb me because I'm so jaded at this point. But this one almost got me. It was uh oof. Mm. She she probably got some uh bruises yeah. in this. Um it it kind of starts off weird. There's like this like pro wrestling exchange of slaps. Yeah, but, well because <laughs> and that's one thing like she um 
that at first I was kind of like, okay, you know, she actually, she fought back. I mean, she was fighting this fucker, you know, for everything she had. It wasn't like just, you know, the, the, the standard, uh, genre movie rape scene that's done for like titillation where the woman's like, Oh no, no, no. But then the guy, then she submits. I mean, she was fighting for her life, you know, it's, it, it was rough. And, um, I have to give it to, uh, Mimu is that? Am I saying her name correctly? I think. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think she had a huge career, but um, she's she she's, was in quite a bit of stuff. I, oh, really? I, I, th- I think I remember her being. You know, in this movie, um, she was um, like we were talking about. You know, in the synopsis, it says a young girl, but but to me, she was she was more milfish. She was she looked like she was maybe. Okay, if it was seventy six and she was born in forty one, I mean, she was she wasn't like a spring, you know, like a young chick, right, right. Uh, so, but um, she was a milf. I, I hate to use those kind of terms, but <laughs> you know, for our listeners who are you know, uh, like in urban areas that are used to those kind of slangs, those acronyms, she was a milf, and she was. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, at first I was like, hey, you know, but I'm telling you what, man, she was she was a pretty damn good looking. Good looking MILF. Yeah, very, very, very attractive. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, if I wouldn't, I, I didn't like want to rape her, <laughs> but you know. Right. She was no Ellen Page, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, ouch. Um, I thought she did a good job in the movie, too. I mean, she didn't like take it over the top. You know, of course, she's, you know, probably scarred after what she goes through, but she's not like, it's not the whole like dramatic crying in the shower kind of stuff. It's, uh, the the rest of the film is she's it's pretty understated and, and it's very solid and and another solid role was uh, was Tommy Lee, um, and in in elements I won't get into they end up escaping and um, kind of traveling together so uh, the um, and Tommy Lee Jones at this point the movie again shifts and it becomes kind of like almost less about her and more about like the relationship between the two of them. And, mm-hmm. and it was really cool the way, um, you know, Tommy Lee Jones had this certain outlook on life. Um, he was like, it was, he was kind of like, um, you know, when you hear about like Jesse James and these guys being outlaws and stuff and, you know, he was like, Hey, I'm a fucking criminal. I'm an outlaw. And yeah. I, and I, uh, it's not, you know, one of these deals where, you know, I could have been this, I could have been that. He was like, I want it. He goes, this is the way I am. And this is why I chose to be this way. I'm fucking, uh, you know, he was a rebel. And, uh, you know, like I said, he was just straight up outlaw and unrepentant and he didn't give a shit. Yeah. He says like, I'm a thief because I want to be a thief. Yeah. Like, but um, he was like, a, it was almost like a, he was a very, it was like a nihilistic character. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, was just on a freight train headed for the fucking, you know, brick wall and he just put his you know was putting his foot on the gas yep so um i I did notice in the film there's very little music even in the action sequences i don't know if that's a it was a budgetary thing or they couldn't hire a banjo right if they were trying for like higher realism like they you know when two guys are fighting or there's a car chase and all you hear is the sound of the motor and stuff like that it's a pretty cool effect like i said i don't know if that was what they were going for if they just you know, couldn't afford much music. There was some music in the movie, but not a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, and I would. This is one why I was trying to uh, figure out 
um, what state this occurred in because I, I really like to figure out in when you take just cinema history, which state, which U- United States state has the worst, like most, the biggest asshole cops, because it definitely seems the more southern you go, the worse the, co- <laughs> the, worse, <laughs> yeah. the, the worse the cops get in movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious, like, which one has like the you know the biggest assholes. Well, that's it's uh, you know in in movies like every southern cop unless you're Buford Pusser or something you know you're you're a fucking asshole you know you're you're just looking for a city slicker to come along to <laughs> fuck over you know in some right. way or another I'm just fucking with you <laughs> you know um, but you know you look at uh, some like the you know L.A. cops and. And New York cops and oh, shit yeah. like that, and you know, hey, they're all they're all, all those fucking pigs, man. They're all this fucked. Someone needs to make a make a website. I've I've seen actually a website which made me think of it. The um, it kind of kept tallies of everybody that has died in movies, mm-hmm. um, as far as like the number of times. And I knew what made me look it up is because um, I don't remember even remember the movie I was watching, but it was Michael Ironside. I was like, God, that fucker has died so many times in movies. <laughs> and I looked it up, and he's the number one, at least on this website. He hmm. is the the person that has died on screen more than anybody else. Um, and that, that's that's one of Emily's. Uh, I think Emily, uh, that's one of her in, infatuations. Her, him and uh, Rick Moranis. So you know, um, <laughs> sometimes when I'm la- when I get home in the morning and I lay down to go to sleep and I think, I think of the Deadly Doll and Rick Moranis and Michael Ironside just kind of <laughs> being together and sharing and touching and uh, uh, we're back to, and we're back to the double pennant. Oh no no uh, um, yeah, well, uh, what? <laughs> um, so um, and then of course that is uh, Rick and. Uh, and Emily double penetrating uh, Michael Ironside. Well, but of course. So because the, he, and he dies from you know the uh, uh, the tearing and uh, he bleeds out because I mean that's just he, he's the guy that dies all the time. And he gets another tally on that magical website. So yeah, there needs to be a website for um, you know when a jerky cop you know that comes from Texas. Texas gets a little gets a little tally mark, or a jerky cop comes from Georgia or Alabama or whatever. Um, what was the what was the one with um, shit White Lightning? Was it the uh, um, Ned Beatty? Yeah, Ned. Oh, oh man, let me tell brutal. you something. That was one of Ned Beatty's. You know, because everybody, of course, always squeal like a pig. Ring, ring, ring. Uh, but man, he was a bastard in that movie, oh, and yeah. he was the epitome of the of the redneck. You know, uh, on the take. Corrupt uh, Southern cop. Oh yeah, he was. A... Hey, wait a minute! I just killed this gnat. Okay, go ahead. Did you get it? Uh, I don't know. I thought I did. This fucker's been hanging around my computer screen for about a week. <laughs> so yeah, uh, like I was saying, Tommy Lee Jones is a he's awesome in it. Um, very, uh, he's fucking manly man. Like he takes this, yeah. He takes this. Well, speaking of manly, takes this manly fucking gulp of Southern comfort. No, no J and B to be had here. This he just like goop. He just drinks like half a fucking bottle in one mouthful. I was like, dude, I, it was probably apple juice or something. But and honest to God, Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. Every time I see this movie and I see him, he reminds me of like Tex Watson from the fucking Charles Manson gang. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's dirty looking. Greasy, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, 
he just he I've said this before on several shows. Uh, this might be a thing that will will be a running thing. I don't know. Um, but he looks like he stinks. Uh, he, <laughs> he doesn't look like he's washed in a while. I'm curious if they, he even showered or if that was makeup or, you know, it, it, it does feel like a low budget movie. And I feel like maybe he was just method, I guess. And he might have just showed up on the set looking like that, you know, <laughs> they're like, oh, we can go with this. We were going to have you be a little handsome, but, you know, he, he was Al Gore's roommate, I think, at like Harvard. Yeah. And uh, I can imagine, like, you know, here's Al Gore sitting in his room, and here's Tommy Lee Jones shows up looking like this, sweaty and just fucking goddamn <laughs> B.O. Southern Comfort scratching his onion bag. and <laughs> I'm going to kill a bunch of people, you know. And and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, his, his, uh, he, he seemed like he was almost like, uh, not in La La Land, but I mean, just nothing affected him yes. at first. I mean, you know, all this shit's going on, and he's just like, you know, it's just another shitty day in this shitty world where people fuck with you like they've been fucking with me all my fucking life, you know? Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude, man, if I was him, I would like blew my brains out. <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, I, I feel like I was reading somewhere that this was a very kind of a, I guess a jumping off point for women in prison films. Mm -hmm. This is not a women in prison film, but nah. um, it definitely has elements at times of such a thing. Well, you know, um, um, the, one of the big, biggest, you know, catalyst or you know, point in the movie was the the rape scene, and um, from seeing it before. For some reason, I, it seemed like, uh, and I saw this when I was a kid, you know, probably with a fucking drive-in, you know, with my mom and dad. Oh. <laughs> but honest to God, you know, we used to go see a lot of a lot of stuff, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of those movies would be uh, like double features, and uh, like Jerry Reed and Peter Fonda in the first feature, and then the next feature would be Jackson County Jail. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we were kids, you know, you'd watch the first one, and then ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the time, you'd fall asleep. Because if the movie started at dark in the summer, which would be like nine or nine thirty, right. the second one wouldn't start until midnight. Almost. You know, midnight, and then we'd fall asleep. And I, I remember seeing this, and I just remember the rape scene being like just even longer. And then when I watched it the other day, I was like, you know, well, it, it didn't go on as long as I thought. You know, I for some reason in my mind, I kept thinking that the guy kept coming back, and you know, and this and that, but. Um, it was still, it was no less effective or, or you know, because uh, uh, like Irreversible, where they had what the like 15 minute rape scene, which was one of the most vile, yes. brutal things I have ever seen. Uh, and I mean, it really affected me. And that's, a, that's another thing. I'm not one, I, I really um, like rape scenes that are played um, for real, realism. Mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Irreversible, this movie, and uh, the Jodie Foster movie. Um, well, the one where she's in the bar. The pinball machine. Yeah, the pinball machine. What it was that? Really? Uh, oh, crap. But, I mean, they they just, they really, that that it just bothers me so much. And uh, even with this one. And the guy, the, the director, the way he shot that scene, um, and if you, if you get online and you see the movie poster, yeah. it was such an effective shot that they even put it on the movie poster where he's the, the camera is like up on the ceiling shooting down. It gives you a great a, a sense of actually how small the 
Yeah, and, and, and she looks so vulnerable just laying there, you know, on the bed, uh, you know, after. Yeah. And this here's this creep over there in the, you know, fucking corner. I'm looking at the poster right now. And, you know, uh, and it didn't go on for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever, but it was still just horrifying and brutal and just, you know, somebody just taking someone's, you know, dignity away from them and the other person fighting to keep that. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a definite, uh, moment. Um, and like Loaf said, um, there were, there was one part of that where it's like, I don't know if it didn't look like a stunt woman to me. And, no, 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 no. Yeah, she she had to have been beat up. But but I wonder too in the in the part we were talking about earlier, uh, when that when that happened, um, I can't imagine that the actor would you know pick somebody up and slam them down like that. Um, if they did it for effect, they and and like the whole side of that bed was probably padded really well, and then they added a sound effect of it like wood, yeah. something hitting wood. Because um, at first, when I first watched it, I thought, Jesus Christ, whoever that was, if it was a stunt woman or if it was Yvette Mimieux, uh, they got hurt. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it was violent, you know, and it was, you know, that's, it, it really added to it. This wasn't, uh, you know, Silva screwing some, you know, Barbara Boucher in the, you know, <laughs> in the, and, and, and the like that carcass. movie. Yeah. And, yeah. So, but um, I, this movie, it's not a real long movie. That's another thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, That's you know, I think it's like an hour and twenty-five minutes, maybe. It, it's, uh, it, it's pacey and that helps. And the, what mm-hmm. when I was saying earlier, the tonal shifts. It for me, the tonal, the the change in tone in the movie kind of, it it, it left it kind of out of balance for me. It, it right. kind of hurt it. I think it could have been better, but you know, going from you know woman having a bad day to nightmare, then to like almost like comment on society through the eyes of a you know dirty thief yeah it it's like it almost is like it's almost three different stories mm-hmm. um yeah i felt that too yeah um it's not it's not a um like i'm not saying you know the, the, this movie's a 10 out of 10 or anything like that um but it definitely it definitely uh became a, a big cult classic because mm-hmm. i you know i've remember this movie from even back then and people talking about it and i think the i think the rape scene had a lot to do with it right um and you know it's a it's a pretty low budget movie i think they shot the whole thing like about four hundred thousand dollars or something like that so and did uh, uh did corman no did corman do this from he didn't direct it right it was, no i mean did he was he like on it was his name on it from the get-go do you know I thought so because I always thought he directed it. Oh, okay. Or, or, you know, but he didn't. But uh, yeah, I think he. It was one of those deals where you know he. It was one of he would always give people you know say okay go ahead and make this movie and here's the budget you have go out and do it. Sure. I think that's what it was. But uh, you know, it it just it it just goes to show you that, um, and that's one thing I like about these times. You know, in the in the seventies and. Um, that they could go out and somebody like Roger Corman would say, "Okay, you've got this this many days." They probably shot this thing in like uh, you know the a only week. thing that probably <laughs> yeah the only thing that probably took a lot of time <laughs> maybe was there was a lot of um, uh, you know some car chases and stuff like that right. and some stunts and uh, and of course um, toward the end I don't know if you noticed this or not uh, Hal Needham the great stunt man stunt coordinator. 
uh, for all the Burt Reynolds movies mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, Hooper and uh, uh, Smokey and the Bandit and all that. He was one of the sheriffs there at the end. And, oh, I didn't even, know, I didn't even yeah. notice. When I, as soon as I saw him, you know, because I, I grew up watching him, you know, and that was during the stuntman craze. I was like, oh, yeah, how neat him. Yeah. And after seeing all the, um, you know, the cars and, you know, all this stuff, it didn't surprise me. But, uh, yeah, like uh, Corman said, just, you know, say, hey, you got this many days, this much money, go out and do it. You didn't have fucking Francis Ford Coppola saying, okay, I've uh, got the big studio. I'm going to go down to the Philippines and go uh, three years over, over, you know, shoot time and, and uh, millions of dollars over budget. They just went out and did it. And, you know, and that's why I think you, you see some of the weaknesses but when you look at it like, okay, they probably shot this in a week, you know, yeah. it's still a pretty damn good movie. Yeah. And it, and it, it, it holds your attention. I was never bored, you know, and that's one thing that's yeah. good. Well, if you, if you wanted to continue by all means, I, that was all my notes. So if you had anything to, to add, well, I had some, some, <laughs> uh, some of the, some of the lines that were delivered because, you know, um, a lot of these movies where they're, they're, it's a rural kind of exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have uh, people acting. I, I'll be honest with you. Some of the some of the stuff that's said, I, I I don't know. You know, I I I've I'm lived around rednecks all my life, and I've lived around some drunk rednecks and stuff. But uh, you know, they called him Porky because he fucks pigs. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude you know, just loved that joke. You know, and it's like, what the fuck? You know, okay, give me a break. But they try. But in a lot of ways, there was a there was one scene um, uh, where. This was after some of the stuff happened, mm-hmm. uh, and she, like you said, she she lost all her ID and everything. And there was one scene that it almost reminded me a lot of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because um, you know she she basically gets carjacked or whatever, and then she goes and looks for a phone. And goes in this the, like a diner, and, and and the guy's closing up, and he's a fucking he like somebody straight out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> okay, let's get back to back. <laughs> and there's taxidermy shit everywhere. Yeah, what a creep that guy was. Yeah, deer heads, and I mean, even on the table, he had like some ducks and stuff laying there that he he hadn't even started working on. But there's just taxidermy, like old uh, a taxidermy fox, a taxidermy squirrel. They're everywhere, and he was just a freaking scumbag. And it makes you think that. You know, honest to God, this this kind of movie uh, affected me um, even because growing up watching these kind of rural exploitation movies where the cops are are and all the rednecks are real scummy, mm-hmm. like, you know, and everything, you know, you get in the car and you're going to say, OK, I'm going to go to the beach and you're driving down through, you know, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina and stuff. And you're like, OK, I just don't uh, if I stop, I'm just going to stop and get gas and keep going. And in your <laughs> mind, because in your mind, Hollywood has taught you, OK, if you stop at this place, more than likely, if you got a girl with you, they're going to get raped. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get beat up and treated like shit or cornholed or, you know, whatever. Cornholed. That means anal sex, anal rape. Uh, <laughs> or know, it's they, a game, too. Movies movies made me, made me terrified to go out in the boonies, and they made me terrified to go to high school. That's, yeah. my, that's like my two big things from childhood and seeing, seeing movies is uh, high school freshmen always got beat up, and <laughs> rednecks are always evil and yeah. uh, hurt people. 
Well, even uh, in the Michael Moore uh, documentary, Bowling for Columbine, uh, you know, they talk to like uh, people from Canada and they're like, hey, we leave our doors open. You know, we don't mm-hmm. we never lock our doors. And, you know, they had you know people up there hunt and everything, but they weren't as gun like gun fetishists. And I think that 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 was kind of something he was saying about down here with, you know, Hollywood uh, putting out um Death Wish and Charles Bronson movies and uh, movies where you know if you're in your house, my God, somebody's going to break in and they're going to they're going to they're going to rape your wife and they're going to kill you and do all this and that. And they've almost gotten everybody in this Jackson County Jail style right. kind of mentality and everybody's scared to death. So all these people that I know are like, man, they're not going to take my guns away. If anybody comes to my house, I'll fucking blow their brains out. I'll do this. <laughs> I got my whole house locked up, and I'm like, okay, what the. F- what the fuck? Do you live in bombed out Beirut? Yeah. But yeah, I remember vividly, do you know, going going on trips and stuff and thinking, oh Jesus Christ, I, I don't want to stop here because there might be like a an evil Ned Beatty cop or a guy who wants to shove a hot dog down my throat and then slam me on the bed and rape me. Sniff it afterward. I don't before, I, and I didn't right. want that. Not, I mean not, sometimes maybe, but sometimes I wasn't in the mood. I understand. Um, uh, th- th- like Tommy Lee Jones, there was a few times where his, you know, he'd just be like, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, at first it was like, is this guy kind of like not a deaf mute, but like he just, he was a man of few words. Yes. And uh, uh, we had some, um, put it this way, when you stop in a redneck place and, and you say, you know, Jesus Christ, is anybody going to help me? And the cop goes, you watch your mouth. Ain't no need to take the Lord's name in vain. You <laughs> shut up, you shut up that tramp mouth of yours. You know, don't take the Lord's name in vain. They, they frown on that. Um, not too much uh, 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 else to add that, uh, you know, because I don't want to get too much into the movie, you know, let people go out and watch it. But uh, we did get to see some, some uh, definite uh, nipples uh, on uh, – one of Tommy Lee Jones's, um, I guess he kind of had sort of a loose fit uh, gang of white trash rednecks. That was a weird place. Like, yeah, what? Like, obviously the cops knew about that place. Yeah. What, so, so what? Um, like, what, what's going on there? Like, <laughs> is it somebody's house or? Well, it, it, it seemed like a hideout more than anything. But. Yeah, it was almost like, uh, to me, it was almost like, a, a get, to go back to the Manson thing, like a, they always hit out at Spawn Ranch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody knew, you know, that all these scummy hippies and stuff hung out there and, you know, were thieves and everything. And the cops knew. And those were some inept cops oh, that yeah. uh, attacked that place. Uh, but I think just the girls' nipples probably just scared all the cops off. Uh, because they were definitely um, – her headlights were right out there. Um, and, and um, the you know, you have one – like Robert Carradine's girlfriend slash wife and how goofy and semi-retarded she was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she's a little blonde. You know, it looks like she's about 16 years old. But then you turn around and you go to that compound or whatever it was where Tommy Lee Jones' gang was, and uh, I get was it his ex girlfriend? It seemed like they had been involved in some way. And she sort of seemed like she was kind of like the same person, semi mentally challenged, 
you know, hey, I was just kidding about you being ugly. <laughs> Could you give him, give him a kiss for 19? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, goddamn, <laughs> we didn't have to have. And the oh, and the one that the one that provided the clothes. What was going on with her? Well, the tall, the tall one. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the nipple girl, and uh, she was. Um, she was definitely, from what you could tell when they first showed the place, she was uh, uh, a female dinosaur because uh, <laughs> she was she was sitting on the um, on the uh, couch with, I think Tommy Lee Jones's ex old girlfriend, and she looked like she was uh, liking the and and she looked she was uh, it, it was obvious the way they shot it that she was a lesbian. Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, when they first showed her, she's sitting on the couch with this girl, and she's basically stroking her and has her hand between her legs and everything else. And then when Yvette Mimieu, um she said they said get her some clothes, you know, when she started to change, she was looking at her, basically like licking her lips until she saw the bruises all over her and right. stuff, and then she felt bad about it. But, um, yeah, um, I that's about it. Like I said, uh, there was some, some symbolism, you know, uh, toward the end there that uh was pretty in your face yeah um and it was effective though i mean uh, it was kind of like a hit 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 you over the head with uh the symbolism right at the end but i still i liked you know kind of what they were going for there but uh yeah that's about it um well um yeah we'll go to jackson county (laughs) jackson county is a is one to drive around luckily Mm -hmm. we have a better established interstate, interstate system here now so we can, uh, yeah, you can bypass skip, those skip Jackson County entirely. I'm sure there's a bypass now. Um, but yeah, um, the uh, the film was definitely solid for me. I, um, um, I was surprised that it was, I guess, at times directed as well it was. Like like I said earlier, the the, di- the shift in tone kind of kind of hurt it overall, but it's still still definitely solid. The um, I'd say I'd give it, I give it a seven point two five out of ten. You know, um, Sammy actually uh, said that we should instead of saying points, we should say like seven point two five body slams out of ten. Okay. <laughs> so good. I'm gonna give this one seven point two five rear chin locks out of ten, and um, with an extra turnbuckle smash right afterwards. Well, um, this, yeah. definitely worth checking out. Go ahead. Well, this is one of those ones like uh, like as we've said. A lot of times before, uh, if you're comparing it to The Godfather Part Two, yeah, it's going to be a two or three or something. But on its own, sitting there watching it, and one of the one of the main things you know Terry Funk used to say is um, when they ask him about you know what should we write in these wrestling storylines or you know how should we do this the, how everything's going or he said just don't be boring. You know, and yeah. it wasn't boring. It was not boring. Uh, it was entertaining, and uh, it did have. A, I think it. I think it had a message. I'm like you. I think it kind of got it. It uh, the tonal shifts were kind of. I felt the exact same way. Um, I would. I'm kind of torn because my first initial thing was uh, I was saying, uh, I would say like a six point five. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't. That sounds almost kind of a little bit low, but I mean that's about where I would put it. It's not. It's not like a movie where you're like, oh my god, this is just the, the you know. But it was a good drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it at the drive-in, and I thought it was it, it was good. Um, and 
it had some weaknesses, but you know, um, yeah, that's that's good. That's a six point five, solid overall. So um, we we got about seven out of ten arm bars. So the um, so uh, yeah, definitely uh, recommend checking that one out. Um, might be a little tough to track down. It looks like it's a little pricey on um, on mm -hmm. Amazon, but you can probably get it used a lot cheaper. Um, so you yeah. can find you can find it if you have uh, if you use your uh, creativity. Imagination. Yes. So yeah, we're going to take another break, and we will come back, and we will review a quite different movie as uh, we did last week. Uh, quite different from one another. This one is uh, <laughs> Final Justice. We'll be right back. Yes. This is a great jump film from the Girls on Film Radio. Are you tired of all those vegetarian or vegan podcasts? We just listened to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema had to say about the Girls on Film Radio. A lot of good meat in there. There's a lot of good meat in there uh, that the girls talk about. You guys got a lot of nice meat over there at the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So there you have it. The meaty film discussion by meaty women. Listen to Girls on Film Radio. Girlsonfilm.podomatic.com Back again. We are now covering a little Ravenettes there for you. Mm, I like it. We're now covering Final Justice. Final Justice, directed by a Mr. Graydon Clark from 1985, starring one Joe Don Baker. This is yeah. not, not the Joe Don you will remember from Standing Walking Tall. Walking say, Tall. I always say Standing Tall. Walking Tall. Um, he. Uh, Ate a few donuts between there, between um, Walking Tall and this. And, um, yeah, so um, I'm going to synopsize and then uh, pass it over to Zom to talk about. Um, now, this name is is quite humorous, the one the character that Joe Don Baker plays. <laughs> um, it says, homicidal, homicidal Sheriff Thomas Jefferson Geronimo the third is tasked with escorting a mobster to Malta. Well, actually, he was escorting the mo the mobster to Italy, and they had to make a stopover in Malta. When the prisoner escapes, Geronimo goes rogue to catch him. So, uh, yeah, this was I guess my pick. I picked this up actually at a local bookstore on VHS for fifty cents. I looked at the price again. I thought it was a dollar. I nice. fifty cents. I got this VHS. So. Um, Zom, I'll let you... Uh, that is a steal. <laughs> um, have you ever went rogue? I mean, have you ever you know, just went rogue before? I, I did for a few minutes yesterday, but it made me feel a little uneasy, so I came back. A little queasy, maybe. Yeah. Um, this movie, okay, I must admit that I am a, hu I am a huge, a huge Joe Don Baker fan. 
um, I grew up watching Joe Don Baker and, uh, you know, um, Welcome Home Soldier Boys, uh, Cool Hand Luke. Uh, he was in Cool Hand Luke. Didn't even get a, didn't even get credited in Cool Hand Luke, but he was in it and he had a pretty good part. Uh, you know, Charlie Vark and um, terrific and Charlie Vark. Just, I mean, the guy. He, I love Joe Don Baker, and I think one of the main reasons was because of Walking Tall, the original Walking yeah. Tall. Uh, just the, you know, uh, his charisma and everything. The guy. I mean, he definitely has a. He had and has still has a charisma, because now they're using him a lot in, um, in uh, like say Joe Dirt. And uh, he had kind of a co- uh, comic uh, or comedic uh, role in the last two uh, Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movies, uh, kind of the uh, ugly. Uh, and, and Joe Don, the older he gets, the fatter he gets, uh, he is the quintessential ugly American. And he <laughs> is that in this movie. Um, this is kind of a fish-out-of-water movie. It starts out uh, – uh, and this movie is so great – that it was actually uh, that Mystery Science Theater actually, you know, took off, did it, you know, take off on it, or did a show on it, which I watched last night. Um, I have seen this uh, many times, and I must admit, and I, you know, you see things in a different perspective when you're younger. Oh yeah. And uh, we were just talking at the at, during the break about uh, Chuck Norris movies, and I said, you know, I I used to watch, I would absorb anything Chuck Norris made. And now if I watch a Chuck Norris movie, I'm like, how the fuck did I think that that was good, you know? And um, most of the time it's because I go into it now watching it thinking, okay, this was really good. Now I'm going to watch it. I don't go into it thinking, okay, this is going to suck. Let's watch it and have fun. Uh, And I remember I um, trying to find anything Joe Don Baker was in. And I mean, I'm telling you, I was fucking, I still love Joe Don Baker. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> and when these video stores first started opening up and, and they just started stalking everything and everything that they could find, uh, I found Final Justice, 1985. And in 1985, uh, um, I graduated from high school in 84. So I was in college and uh, I Class found this. Class of 1984. Yes. I was in the class of I am the class of 1984. Nice. God damn it! Um, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it sucked. I hated school. Um, <laughs> I did. I fucking hated school so much. Um, like the girls, like the tight pants. Uh, loved the fucking tight pants. The tight Jordash. Oh my! Oh, uh, they anything they wore was tight. It was so they were so fucking tight. But I digress. Um, I found this movie and I thought, you know, okay, Joe Don Baker, cool. And I watched this and I thought, this movie was fucking great. I loved it. <laughs> um, even back then, I loved it. And when I watched it last night, um, I I loved it for different reasons. Yes. But I remember actually watching this back then and 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 thinking, you know, okay, this is low budget, but I just loved that character. And uh, there, and, and you know, of course, it's like Geronimo. What are you doing? That's Geronimo, sir. You know, and Joe Don <laughs> looks like um, a cross between a largemouth bass and a and like Hooch from Turner and Hooch. <laughs> uh, he's got this big, fat, enormous head, and his mouth like turns down on the 
the corners, turns down these squinty eyes. Uh, and I think it's, it's almost like his eyes are squinty, not because he's squinting, but because the fat is just pushing them. Like sh- it's, it's an effort for him to like open them up just far enough to have slits. And, um, he, he ran a lot in this movie. I bet he was dying. Yeah. And he doesn't run well. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, 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 he passably runs. He runs like I run now where you're kind of like shuffling your feet and like doing a penguin <laughs> run. You're not getting those long strides out of Joe Don. But, um, I like the synopsis where it says hom- homicidal sheriff. Um, I guess he has a reputation because he's, it, it takes place in Texas. And everything in Texas is bigger, and everything you know. It's he's full of the the Texas cliche of you know the the gunman from another time. If I'd have been born a hundred years before, and um, apparently Joe Don had had uh, some troubles, and 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 the way they 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 handle like telling the backstory, you almost expect the way they did it. You almost expect the the one guy to sit down beside Joe Don and say, "So Joe Don, you know." uh, What's your backstory? And for him to just say it, because that's basically what they do uh, to do the setup of, uh, you know, how Joe Don is the way he is. And um, even the people he works with kind of know that he's a, uh, a big fat slob. <laughs> and he, you know, that, that's, that's not like them. I'll, I'll say this. Joe Don Baker must have a sense of humor and have a sense of humor about the way he looks and oh, yeah. everything. Because this whole movie... Uh, it's just like a running joke about him being fat and being a slob. Um, he likes to eat donuts, uh, and he's got a little bit of a stomach problem, you know, cause he took some bullets. But I, I, I think that might've been a little bit of him bullshitting people and that he's just fat and has indigestion all the time. <laughs> he's always he's, asking for fucking Maylocks. Yeah, he's, he's in, he's in like Malta. Uh, and he's constantly asking like the Italian people in restaurants and stuff, can I get Maylocks? You know, and it's it is definitely a um, um what the, f- <laughs> the hell? okay I, I was just thinking the one of the reasons that this movie it was so weird that that Loaf chose this movie is when we were talking about the Yakuza on the last show I said um, and and I instantly had this movie in mind I said they could have easily have taken the Yakuza and some douchebag who just had no imagination would have made it an ugly American in Japan, fish out of water, and went for all the gaffes and all the funny things about him not knowing about sushi and stuff like that. Right, right. And the movie that instantly came to mind when I was saying that was this movie. And that's... That's the way they took it. And then when we were talking about what we were going to do this week, Loaf said, you know, well, we picked Jackson County Jail first. And he said, you know, we'll do like a rural, you know, Texas or not Texas lawman, but, you know, asshole, you know, country cops or whatever. And uh, he picked this movie. I was like, that's what I was thinking about. So we're simpatico here. We, we got a little kind of <laughs> thing going here, baby. You know, man, fuck. Um, but he's a slob. I and I, um, I think I just felt the bumblebees. Bumblebees in your <laughs> when you said that, I was like, "What the fuck are you talking?" <laughs> the bumblebees. I'm all over the place here. Um, but um, s- there's sort of a a situation where some uh, kind of a, a a guy who's kind of a cross between Ricardo Montalban and Christopher <laughs> Lee. Uh, he's like the um, 
they they obviously were violent people. I mean, they're like Italian mafia from or like Sicily, you know. Actually, yeah, Sicily. That's there. where they were going, Sicily. Yeah, and um, um, something happens, and Joe Don is uh, you know, been on getting some revenge, and uh, he has this tagline or catchphrase. And man, did they hammer that catchphrase down your fucking throat? <laughs> For the entire goddamn movie, he says the same thing. You know, you think you could take me? Well, you go ahead, you know. And uh, and and he goes into his, like I said, he 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 fashions himself like an old uh, old west gunslinger. He even has the you know uh, Colt peacemaker, um, and you know the 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 holster on his hip, and. Um, Oh my God, I have to say this one. This one part. Um, he shoots one of the bad guys, and the bad guy's uh, brother is there. And the bad guy's brother. This is. This, I mean, it was so funny. I I laugh every time I say. It. He's like, "You son of a bitch! You <laughs> son of a bitch! You motherfucker!" And it's like, oh my. God. Yeah, son of a bitch. And the whole time he say that, Joe Don's like, "Come on, motherfucker, you know, let's <laughs> grab your goddamn gun, you cocksucker." And like, yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> so anyway, um, we get the you know the fish out of water. They they decide okay, they're gonna extradite this this uh, bad guy back to Sicily, and um, Joe Don's gotta gotta take him. So he goes over there, and he's just like, you know. A cross between Godzilla and the Blob, uh, you know, <laughs> Malta, and uh, all the places he goes, and the you know the food, and he's constantly getting in trouble. Um, that was uh, a pretty funny bit. How it would always go to him laying in the same yeah. way on this like, cot, and they they would let him out, and like he started to know the guys that were letting him out of prison. Like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> how's it going? Oh, all right, well, how's it going? Yeah, and uh, the the. the um, the chief of police or the captain or whatever of the police. I mean, he just constantly, that was the bit of the, of throughout the whole movie was uh, the guy would say, now listen, Joe Don, you fat fuck. Um, we're not going to put up with this anymore. If you do anything again, you know, we're going to put you in jail. And of course, you know, he is, it wouldn't be two seconds after he got out, he'd be getting into some shit again and uh, end up, uh, you know, he could hold his own. I mean, he was he was a pretty tough guy, you know, for for a big fat fat, fat guy. And and um, like I said, he had a couple of chase scenes there. Um, they had a, I, I think Will on Gentleman's Guide. They had talked before about some of the Italian movies, and um, like they'd say, hey, you know, there's a crane over there. Uh, and they didn't have anything written in the script about a crane, but hey, there's a crane over there. Let's use it. And I think there was a couple of times with like boats. That uh, because you know they they had um, a, a chase scene in, in you know a, a boat, <laughs> and then they had another chase scene in a fucking boat, and then they were running and climbing on boats and uh, <laughs> uh, but and and Joe Don, uh, you know, we just talked about Jackson County Jail. They shot it in a week. Well, I'm pretty sure some of the foot chase scenes probably took a week to shoot because <laughs> I guarantee you they had to make. Cut after cut after cut, just to let him rest. Oh yeah, because he's running or you know waddling after this guy and climbing up ladders and all this and that. And there's no this guy was so out of shape. Uh, you know he has the kind of the you know fat jowls and uh, and uh, his outfit oh. was phenomenal. 
uh, <laughs> with the fish out of water thing, this guy is dressed like uh, a cross between Buck Owens and like Porter Wagner or something like that. And he has this suit uh, that's like, a, it's like, he looked like Hoss Cartwright from uh, Bonanza. And uh, he's going after these guys. They, they, and, and all, there wasn't much depth uh, to any of the Sicilian. Um, mafia guys, except the manga. You fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> and the one now on the Mystery Science Theater version, um, you know, they 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 cut some of the stuff out, like the cussing and everything. Oh, there was one scene, and this this kind of this was done to add depth to the main bad guy, uh, where he takes the shower. There, there's a, a hot chick. Um, at his the villa that he's staying at, he's uh, another mafia guy's letting him stay with him. It's big big time Godfather guy, right. and um, <laughs> this girl goes and she gets in the shower and she's in there, you know, she's naked and you're seeing him through the uh, the milky glass of the shower, and uh, you know here he comes and he's like, hey, <laughs> takes his uh, towel off or his robe, you know, the little short Henry Silva robe. And um, he gets in there with her, and you think, okay, you know, you can see some action here. Well, this guy's one of these guys that uh, I guess he's like a sadist, right? And uh, he starts to like kind of, you know, get behind her, starts to massage her neck and everything. And the next thing you know, he's putting like this nerve hold, like a uh, killer con or or uh, Professor Toro Tanaka on the sides of her neck. He's, it's, you know, he's rubbing her rubbing her neck and then the next thing you know he's like rubbing his fucking arms like and he starts giving her a little uh business from behind as and you see it was, it was uh kind of uh cool hand lukish oh no it was okay her the, boobs are like the, going against the yeah well the 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 nerve pinches happened poolside and that was with the with the one with I guess it was the same person where he was rubbing tanning oil on her shoulders. Yeah, yeah. But then and he starts like totally like gorilla handling her yeah. shoulders, and she's like ah, and then he throws her in the pool, and it was really oh, that was some, that was like, some prime acting. And then the shower scene, he just like steps in there with his saggy old man ass. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it was a fucking sleazy scene where oh my god, she's and, just and, all mushed up, and like it just lingers there for like thirty seconds of this girl saying no, it was just tits. And greasy looking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when he got in the shower, when he gets out, like comes out of the shower, he still just looks like he's just covered in olive oil. And uh, <laughs> but the thing that you know is like these chicks were probably like strung out and they were like prostitutes or whatever. So uh, they're with the mafia, the 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 mafia Don guy that owns the place, and here this asshole just shows up and he's like, okay, you know, and they can't say anything. Know they're just like you know have to go with it, and this bastard shows up. He's like the most unwanted uh, house <laughs> guest of all time. Um, but Joe Don, he he uh, basically is just it's it's a uh, uh, kind of like a I don't know like a chase thing where he's constantly trying to catch this guy. He's out of his element. He's got a, a female um, uh, police officer who, you know, she just kind of reminded me of somebody that would be like a. 19 early 1980s like barbara dare porno movie um she, but, but, i mean it was it was the mid 80s early 80s so all chicks looked like that back then but uh <laughs> she was trying to help him out and she was sort of a semi i wouldn't say a love interest they kind of went for that a little bit but, but uh not too much because joe Don's just so disgusting that nobody's gonna believe that a like a really hot chick is gonna 
you know, like him or right. in that way. But she tries to help him out as much as she can and everything. And he's constantly getting thrown in fucking jail and getting let out, thrown in jail, let out. And it's a running kind of a joke. But um, I and watching the mystery science theater version of it, you know, of course, you know, I'm laughing my ass off because every time he gets up off the cot in the in the uh, in the prison, they're making fart noises and burps and grunt noises <laughs> and everything like, uh, you know, oh, and uh, when he's running, they're doing that. So it was pretty funny. So I, I encourage people to watch not only the the uncut version, but watch that version, too, because it's pretty good. Um I like it. I think it's funny, and it's it's one of those so bad it's good movies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you, hey, I don't want to give too much of it away. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that really matters. But I mean, you could just basically sit and talk about how fat Joe Don Baker is, and and but like I said, it's um, I didn't think about this until we were just starting to talk about it. Now this guy must have been a really cool guy because they're making fun of not his character. But basically making fun of, kind of making fun of, I mean, they're making fun of this character, but they're making fun of him, too, because he is fat. And he is a slob, and, you know, and he just kind of, but I enjoyed it. Um, I, there's, it's it's pretty low budget. Yeah. Um, On IMDb. (laughs) It got like a 1.8 rating or a a negative. So, right. And And what I was going to say. I took this note. I said, machine gun fire, a car explosion, and titties, all within 30 seconds. How in the fuck does this movie only have a 1.8 on IMDb? Well, and and uh, it, going back to Jackson County Jail and a lot, like a lot of the movies you watch, I know they do it for dramatic effect. Yeah. But I don't know what kind of gasoline they run in their cars because <laughs> Jackson County Jail was the same thing. I mean, these cars fucking explode like A-bombs. If you get a if a you know a fucking fender bender and uh, Joe Don and even a boat like if they have a raft with you know somebody shoots at a boat and the boat explodes you know uh, it, it was it was a I wouldn't say it was an incompetent movie but it was a it was a, it's a so bad it's good movie yeah. and um, he he's getting a paycheck and uh, <laughs> maybe you know, buying some donuts baby. <laughs> Um, I was gonna, in Malta, you can tell that uh, that no extras were hired because um, he just whenever he walks around on the street, you can just see people in the background just turn around and looking at him in his ridiculous yeah. outfit. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, uh, the the one scene uh, he's um, he he gets out and uh, he doesn't even have the female cop with him. Or no, I think it might have been the scene where he um, they thought he was dead and. Um, you know, he gets help or whatever. What a weird just, fucking moment that was. Yeah. He's like got the slingshot and he's, you know, let's show Joe Don's sensitive side. He's helping out these little kids and shit like that. And, uh, but they, they showed the one scene and there's a, there's a, it must've been like the, uh, Times Square of Malta. And there's all these shops and there's just people walking, you know, on the sidewalk, just filled the sidewalk, you know, all the way down the block. And here Joe Don Baker is like, you know, a head taller than all of them, wearing the stupid fucking cowboy outfit, walking out through there. And on the Mystery Science Theater uh, uh, episode, somebody starts saying, "Everybody's talking about me. like uh, Midnight Cowboy." Yeah, his head—he was a head taller than everybody else, and he stood out like a sore thumb. And it's like Joe Buck from Midnight Cowboy walking out through there. That's and, uh, funny. So, um, 
this movie is um i don't know I, well i'll tell you what it the the um mystery science theater version is on netflix instant watch yeah uh, right now and uh also you can watch that uh watch it on uh youtube and and parts uh now on netflix the they actually just being able to get the original version it's just says save so i mean you can i guess eventually they're going to get it so or you can find the vhs for uber cheap apparently well it says you know the, even on the on imdb you know the picture they have it says dvd lt yeah. up in the corner so i figure it's one of those cheapy uh probably public domain movies that you can find. I wouldn't spend a lot of money on it, but um, if you want to have a good time with your friends or even sitting by yourself, you know, shooting up some heroin or you know, doing a little crystal meth or something like that, you know, this movie's pretty damn... Like I said, it was... It didn't... Uh, I wasn't bored, you it's, know. It's special. It is so. special. <laughs> I might be given a little bit, you know, and that's the thing. I might be given it. You have to take into account this has a lot of, this movie has a lot of uh, nostalgia for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's why I probably might rate it or hold it in a little bit higher esteem than uh, than some people. Cool. Well, this was the first time I'd seen it. Um, so that my, uh, my <laughs> VHS purchase was totally on a whim. I looked it up and it was like on IMDb's bottom 100 or something. I was like, oh, 50 cents. How could I not? So, um, yeah, we talked about a lot of the, you know, the intro of the movie with him just kind of standing out and he gives his dumbass line like, you're driving on the wrong side of the road when the guy's, you know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is like the, the complete opposite of the Yakuza when, <laughs> when Mitchum kind of blends in and, <laughs> and fucking Joe Don stands out like a fat thumb. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and I've got to wonder, maybe they just, you know, it's probably evidence that they didn't have extras when people were looking at him in the street. And it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Hell Up in Harlem when Fred Williamson is like staggering around. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, he got staggering shot. Around, yeah, he was staggering around in the street. And he, it's obvious that people are like, what the hell's going on? Like, they were not in on the movie. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I wonder if they just, you know, didn't have the money to get like a permit to do like car chases and stuff like that or or whatever that's why we had to rely on boat chases yeah to because those are you know can't can't patrol the waters so easily yeah, but not only did they have i mean they had okay i can see one boat chase they had two <laughs> fucking boat chases and they were some long goddamn boat chases <laughs> yeah so i guess maybe instead of the um when they had a um usually in these movies with a car chase they'll have a car running through the fruit stand Mm -hmm. So since they couldn't afford that, they just had a fat dude plowing into a, a tomato a tomato cart. Said <laughs> Joe Don running through a fucking oh the horror the horror is when he when he his, is when he shot the dude and then in slow motion the guy flips over into the into the tomato cart. It's in that little alleyway. Oh he, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's like this really gross like like close up of everybody's mouths of them licking their lips before that they... was the Sergio <laughs> Leone moment where the, uh, Joe Don has a standoff like uh um uh with three yeah ugly ass you know 
Italian mafia guys, and he's standing there like uh, fucking Wyatt Earp or Wild Bill Hickok or something like that, and he's gonna you know have a gunfight with all three of them, and they did the Sergio Leone moment where they go from you know, a, a close-up of one guy's eyes over to a close-up of Jodon's mouth, which was so fucking disgusting looking. I mean, you always like he has like fucking food in the corner of his mouth. And it's like I said, the way his mouth kind of turns down, you can just imagine that like a, a St. Bernard that has the slobber hanging out, you know, something like that. And they're trying to go for that Leone uh, tension building thing and the real extreme close-ups and it, 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 it they failed. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, and there's some like low shots underneath his gun and stuff. I, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, you know, for what it is. Um, you yes, son of a bitch. You know, you love <laughs> it. Son of a bitch. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, inf- I, I wrote this down, and it was, as the boat chase is going on, I said, I said, sorry, but the inflatable raft chases just don't hold the same kind of thrill as a car chase. Yeah. And then the end of it happens. I'm like, oh wait. Unless you throw a fucking net and spear battle into the end of it. Yeah. The one guy has like a harpoon and Joe Don picks up this goddamn uh, fishing net and he's like doing the plan of the, where they uh, throw the net over top of Oh, uh, so good. His Great. fighting was so bad in the movie. Uh, you know, he, he could hardly lift his feet up and he's trying to kick and stuff and this poor guy. And uh, they wore him out. He's climbing ladders and, oh, uh, you well, know, he was exhausted. Where he's in the bar. And he gets in like a bar fight with like yes, yes. guys, and um, he um, oh, what the hell? There was one thing that oh crap. Okay, I gotta find it in my notes because I remember this being. Well, how about the okay? How about the deal <laughs> when he's taking the guy in the car at first, and, and you know, he's got the handcuffs on him, and he's like, "You're driving on the wrong side of the road." Blah blah blah. And was that not the weakest? knockout shot of all time when the guy takes the suitcase and he hits Joe Dom with it and like supposedly knocks him out and he it, it, it seemed like it was almost like an empty suitcase and he hit him about it I don't even think he hit him hard enough to knock his hat off. Yeah, Joe, Joe Don has a lot of trouble with um, feigning consciousness in this one Yeah, because there's another well, really awkward moment when he's drugged with the yeah. syringe in his neck and his fucking falling asleep thing, it might be the best thing I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> it's, well, I'm wondering, like, even with the suitcase, if, um, if uh, like, maybe he didn't get hit. He just passed out because he was, like, out of breath. <laughs> it was hot. Yeah. The windows were rolled down. Yeah, that's true. And how about the mul- the, the strippers in the, um, <laughs> in, the, the in the bar? Is hysterical. It's like a fucking, like, castle, and they fence is, like... The- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they had like these little vests on and stuff, and I think that they maybe maybe they're going for like some old west motif. But the the strippers were doing like a um, we always called it the white man dance, where you don't lift your feet up and you just kind of like eh, like in a Vietnamese bar where they're just kind of like eh, going through the motions. And it's always the same dance every day. We go back to this stupid club. The girls are doing the same exact same routine with oh, the same like vests and the same fencing foils. <laughs> uh, but you did you uh, get to see titties again, so. Yeah, there was there was you did get it did you did get to see some boobage in this uh, definitely. Um, what the? How okay? <laughs> I'm looking through my notes. <laughs> when the, the bad guy, you know, oh, God, you're a son of a bitch. He goes and hides <laughs> out in this church, and uh, Joe Don shoots him, and, she, and the girl knocks the gun out, like knocks the gun away, so he can't shoot him. He goes, "It's just, it's a church," because she was like, he was the guy was standing out in front of a church. I was like, "You're gonna afraid you're gonna hit the church." So he goes in and he's hiding out, and he puts on a uh, 
like a friar or a uh, a priest's uh, friar kind of uh, robe with the the hoodie. You got a hood on it, yeah. And and he's trying to to like walk out without being noticed, and this old lady comes up and says, "You know, Father, Father, I must confess, I must confess." And I I, I don't mean to be stereotypical. I mean, I would think, okay, this guy was. Uh, he was from Sicily, so he's Italian, more than likely Roman Catholic or whatever. So he has to pretend like he's a priest, and he goes over the confessional, and the woman's sitting there saying, oh, Father, you know, my husband did this, that. And instead of him just saying, yes, yes, uh, um, you know, blah, 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 he just keeps saying, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry, it'll be okay. Don't, it'll be okay, don't worry. <laughs> you know, he could have just said, you know, give it five, I mean, I'm not even Catholic, and I know, you know, you say like, Okay, you know, say five Hail Marys, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Um, the raft chase, yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so don't know. I'll go ahead and wrap up. Oh, I did have one more note. I said, I wonder if dungeons come standard on all Maltese homes. Yeah, with the, with the uh, the torches. You don't even have lights in there. <laughs> uh, the bar fight, um, the one part, Joe Don t- picks up a wooden stool. And now this must this wooden stool. Now he must have been really strong, and this wooden stool must weigh like five hundred pounds, because he just throws this wooden stool, and there's like five guys standing there, and it knocks all five of them down. Oh yeah. And uh, then they did the. Um, anytime you're around like a a port where there's boats and stuff, and they have those uh, the the safety flotation device. This is like a styrofoam ring. Oh, that was really bad. And he just like puts that over the guy's shoulders and shit. You know, that was pretty good. <laughs> Um, and, uh, last I'll just, you know, to wrap it, like, you know, to wrap it up. But, uh, the one part that I thought was pretty funny is, um, he was sitting, I don't know if it was when he got drugged or if he was just sitting in the jail. I think it was when he got drugged and they had him like locked in this room and he was just sitting there like he was doing an Indian oh, chant. That was awkward. You know, because he was, his, his people were Apaches. Apaches. Yes. And he'd always correct everyone for saying Geronimo instead of Geronimo. Hey, he was proud of his heritage. All right. Well, uh, go ahead. Let's go ahead and do your scores. Uh, (laughs) This is hard. It's hard to score this one. Um, Like I said, I wasn't bored, and I I thought it was fun because it was it was so bad it was good. But I. I give it a three. A three, oh, like a three, a three, and it, it, it's not even like a, a uh, like three bionic elbows or something like that. It's just three kind of snap mares and maybe a hip toss. <laughs> All right, well, um, you're gonna you're gonna love my score then because like a um, ten. <laughs> so, okay, so you know it's 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 very poorly acted. Joe Don is the standout actor and. He didn't even do a very good job. Um, <laughs> this the, the director, you know, Mont- Montalban was really bad in it. Not not Your really Montalban, but bitch, you rate this movie. And the chicks were really bad, and oh, everybody's just universally terrible. But um, Graydon Clark directed this. I mean, you know, for a very low budget action movie from the eighties, it's it could be it could have been a lot worse. But that said, I really <laughs> had fun watching it. Yeah. Um, now, technically speaking, I'd probably give it a three or a two. I'm going seven point five out of ten. Seven point five. <laughs> you son of a bitch! I can't believe you undercut like seven point five macho man elbows from the top rope. 
Well, I'll tell you what, seriously, you know, we reviewed Jackson County Jail and I gave it like a six or a 6.5. And to turn around and give this movie the same fucking grade, I would just, I would feel bad. I don't don't feel bad at all. I gave this a higher score. It's a different movie, so I'm okay with that. It was fun as shit, and and like I said, you know uh, the the classic. It's it's so bad, it's good. Is really applies when you get the mystery science theater people, you know, the, to to do a takeoff on it. It's funny. It's funny because it just it's shitty. Come on, you you want to add a little score there, don't you? No, I can't. I really can't. I can't. I mean, even you know, not even if you're not comparing it to. The other one. And I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. Like I said, hell, I watched this a long time ago and I thought it was funny. But <laughs> in the pantheon of movies, um, no, and I'm looking at, you know, like I said, IMDb, the, the, the combined reviews, 48 people gave it a 1.8. Okay. And I'm, I'm you know, like <laughs> almost doubling that. You're almost doubling that. But hey, I had fun and that's what I, that's what I judge a movie on. Like I, 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 I can't really judge this one. If, if it was made with the intention of being a good movie, which mm. I, 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 there's no way I can believe that it ever was, then by all means, I would say... Well, see, I almost have the exact opposite view because I think that no matter what, I think that they had a low budget, they didn't hire the best actors because of that, and they got Joe Don, who was, you know, uh, uh, playing, or, you know... Um, Living off the walking tall shit and everything from goddamn fifteen years before, right? Um, and I, but I think that they probably thought, and that's what I was saying about like some of these ex, these uh, Hollywood trying to make uh, exploitation movies, mm-hmm. and they're trying to they're trying to make them bad, and I don't like them because I'm like, okay, when that Fred the Hammer. Or Joe Don Baker and these guys, when they were making these movies, I think they were trying to make a good movie, and <laughs> and I think that they were. I think that they did this one tongue in cheek, and it was supposed to be funny. But I think they were trying with what they had to make a good movie, and it sucked. And that's <laughs> why I think it's good. But if I thought they were going out and saying, "Okay, let's just okay, this is going to be stupid. Let's just fucking get you know," then I don't think it would be. I think they were trying to make a good movie, and I just think that that. Um, it's like almost an Ed Wood thing. It had all the best intentions, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. But it did work. But you did enjoy it. Oh, I enjoyed it. Fair enough. All Thank right. You. So that was our review of of Final Justice. I really just lost the name there. And um, we're gonna come back. We got a little voicemail again. Woo! My yeah. sick, my sick woo did not work at all. Uh, <laughs> we'll be is right that back. Rick Flair. <laughs> the, oh, it was a very sick Rick Flair. And uh, I guess, um, yeah, we'll be right back. Enjoy. GGTMC live for you, fresh air. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. 
Right. Back for a little feedback. I tried to do all um, all Texas-related uh, music this week, so that was a little Pierce Webb for you. Very good. Um, so we did not we did not get any emails, but that's quite all right. Um, the son of a bitches. Sons of bitches, all of you. Um, no, that's okay because uh, I'm gonna. I would sound like like shit trying to read today anyway. So. Um, but we did get a few voicemails. Um, the uh, first one here is from a very familiar voice. Uh, and in, in full disclosure, I do listen to these first because I can't stand the uh, the, <laughs> the wait. But Zom usually is hearing these for the first time. So, all right, and we're gonna play one here. Maybe. Oop, hang on one second. We don't have dead air on this show As long as I'm here because I don't care (laughs) I'll make a fool out of myself Because we don't have dead air on this show All right, I figured out my problem. Sorry. (laughs) I ran out of stuff to sing anyway. It was a total rookie mistake, too. Um, Okay, first voicemail. Hello, gents. Sammy calling in. I just wanted to say I listened to the first two episodes. Uh, I had a great time uh, uh, laughing and uh, cajoling along with you guys. If you guys could see me, you thought I was a 12-year-old boy or Mila Jovovich, whichever one you want to be called there. <laughs> Same thing, I think. Yo, anyway, uh, uh, the master of toe trauma would like to thank you very much for putting together this show for my listening purposes. Uh, I love it. Uh, your review of No Holds Barred is exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, just knowing you two guys like I know you. And, uh, yeah, you ask me what to pick, that's the kind of stuff you're going to get. You're not going to get, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get a Yakuza. You're not going to get the Friends of Eddie Coyle. And you're not going to get, you know, Theodore, Carl Theodore Dreyer's Vampire. You're not going to get any of that kind of stuff, buddy. You're going to get No Holds Barred. You're going to get Super Fight. You're going to get American Ninja 3. You're going to get that kind of stuff. Three. Because that's where... The heart of cinema is, baby. All right, uh, just want to say I love, I love, I love the show. I, I really do, guys. And uh, keep up the good work. Anything I can do to help you guys, I'm always there. You know that. Uh, we're all in this together, and it's always great to hear uh, more people putting their opinion out there. All right, love the show, guys. Love you as well. There you go. This, this I love sweet. you, man. You. All right, take it easy, guys. Later. Also, I'm driving home in my cowboy boots and tight pants. Yes. <laughs> I yes. do wear my cowboy boots. Those kind they kind of linger over a little bit. They got like a little bracelet on them, like Prince would wear. That's the kind mm. I kind of go with. A little bit of heel, you know. I like that kind of look. All right, later. All right, that was the l- legendary Sam Rye 
from the gentleman's I, guide. I, I don't understand why he sounds so different. <laughs> On I swear to God, I thought it was somebody at first. I thought it was somebody just fucking around saying, "Hey, this is Sammy," and then they were going to say, "You guys fucking suck" or whatever. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was him because he said, "Sammy, you sound so much sexier." On voicemail, sexier on voicemail. I think of the the bass, the bass yeah. the podcast. He sounded sexy. almost like Joe Don Baker, especially when he was talking <laughs> about the boots. Oh yeah, he, well, he, I think that was the Hogan reference with the tights oh. and the cowboy boots. And I was chubbing up. Except he had the he has that nice chain that goes you know around the sole mm, in front of the yeah. heel. Very dearly beloved. Very sexy. Today. I wonder if there are purple snakeskin. Yeah. All right, we're going to play another voicemail here. Hello, is this where I can buy the babies? I wish to buy the babies with the mustaches and the leotards. I wish to form my own traveling circus of traveling munchkins with mustaches and leotards. If you can help me, please phone me back. My name is Horace. I am French. <laughs> I, I am French, so yes, th- um, we uh, we're not unfortunately the place where you can buy uh, babies with mustaches and leotards. We do sell the mustaches, we do sell leotards, but unfortunately, our little people are full grown and not babies. Yeah, and the babies that we did have, we ate mm, delicious, delicious yes. little fat ones. The fuckers go down; they just go down so good, French. <laughs> French people are. I love the French, and thank you, Horace, for sending in that uh, email. Thank you very much, and we are American. All right, real and Americans. <laughs> dun dun dun! I'm not going to try to sing. All right, uh, we got one more voicemail. Here we go. Hey, Loaf and Zone. This is Toronto Scott calling. I've got the chance to listen to uh, both your episodes so far, uh, zero and one, and I got to tell you, I'm really enjoying it. Really enjoying the show. Uh, I'm glad you put that zero uh, out there because, you know, most of anyone who started a podcast, there's just so many hiccups along the way. And, uh, uh, yeah, you just have no idea what you're doing. You you think it's easy, but editing, it gets to be pretty tricky and and, and whatnot. But uh, everything between zero and one just improved immensely. Your sound quality is great, and I really think you two have a terrific rapport. Uh, It seems like you're in the same room, which is, you know, probably the best compliment anyone can give you. I want to talk to you a bit about uh, the Yakuza movie with uh, Ruth Robert Mitchum, and you both touched on this, and I think a lot of it has to do with the importance of him uh, incorporating and referencing what he had learned when he'd served uh, served, served in uh, Japan 20 years earlier. You know, that's so important, and it adds such a, such a great layer to it. There's a movie from about 10 years ago, a French movie called Wasabi, with Monsieur Jean Renault, and uh, although it feels like a mid-80s, you know, action or more like a, it's got all the uh, racial sensitivities of a gung-ho or something. <laughs> but uh, in this movie, similar, uh, he's a French cop that goes over to Japan where he had lived and worked earlier uh, to take on uh, uh, the Yakuza to a certain degree. It's a very, very goofy movie, very silly really kind of got that humorous, hammy 80s feel to it. But there's a scene, and this is like the main main comedic uh, set piece, where he sits down with a plate of wasabi, uh, the titular wasabi, <laughs> said titular, Boobies. and he, he just devours it. And he's like, I love this stuff. What's it called? 
And everyone's <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's wasabi. You love it. And I'm just watching this thinking, okay, here's this guy who's lived in Japan, worked in Japan, and he doesn't know what wasabi is? Right. Got it. <laughs> this kind of thing that sets uh, the Pollock and uh, Mitchum joint apart. So that's it. And my only thoughts, I'm going to email you guys a uh, an old article from the 70s on the movie that appeared in a Marvel magazine. Um, so I'll be sending you some scans of that. Uh, so keep up the good work. Look forward to hearing more and more shows. Keep it up. Thanks. Bye-bye. And we thank you, sir, for that. Um, yes, yes. I he, saw that Jean Reno movie. I actually own that movie. Nice. Yes. The, um, it, it is goofy, and he does have a very, very large, like, forty-four magnum, and um, it's. Uh, I thought it was. It's. It's fun. I mean, you know, it's. It's more. I like Jean Renault, and so he's another one where I would seek out every, you know, everything that he's done, and that's how I found that one. I didn't know what to expect, and uh, uh, it's definitely a lot more tongue-in-cheek and and more for comedy than anything else. But I, I liked it. I could not imagine eating a plate of wasabi and saying I enjoy this because the more you eat, the more it just hurts your face. <laughs> it's uh, I I'm not going to comment on an ex girlfriend that I had uh, when you know that I that came to mind when you said the more you eat the the more it hurts <laughs> your face. But um, you know, girls, um, you know, sometimes if you want like your man to do things. You know, you gotta trim it up. <laughs> I, I really did not know where that. Was you going. get that. You get that. Sometimes, you know, you get that. You can, you can get a hell of a burn. You know, uh, well, I don't know, fucking manatee whiskers or something down there. So well, you know, help us uh, out, ladies. We enjoy. It. Just help us out. Scott did send us some uh, scans of that uh, cool. article he was referencing. There's a there's a great comic book style drawing of the. Um, of the front of it with uh with Mitchum and um and Taka what was his name Takaha no the the the, the samurai dude Takakura Ken Ta- Ken yeah there you go Ken Takakura yes yeah there's yeah. a there's a great comic book style drawing with the two of them one with a shotgun one with a uh, sword so you know honest to God I mean how would you like to just have a name Mitchum Mitchum just Mitchum um you know we're getting ready to wrap up but I was watching a Mitchum in uh, Moon Runners, uh, which is on YouTube, public domain movie, uh, Kyle Martin, Dean Martin's son, and uh, and uh, oh, J- James or Jim Mitchum. Uh, I got to watch that. I saw you post that last yeah. night, and, and uh, it's it's uh, it is the precursor for the Dukes of Hazard. And uh, I started watching it. I saw it, another one. That's another one that I saw at the uh, drive-in with the parents. And uh, you know it's it's an it's an enjoyable movie and just bringing up the Mitchum I just had to throw that in there because I forgot to uh, put it in what I've been watching. I'm totally but, gonna uh, watch that. So yeah, uh, it's Dukes of Hazard was my jam back in the yeah, day. Yeah, all, yeah, all those the parallels are. I mean, it's the same guy. You know, uh, well somebody told me was it you that told me that uh, or no somebody on Facebook said that uh, the uh, the the actual guy uh, you know. He ended up suing Dukes of Hazard because they didn't give many credit 
they took this movie and basically, you know, almost the exact same characters, you know, Waylon Jennings as the balladeer and everything. And uh, they ended up suing Dukes of Hazard and getting a shit load of money. Shit. But uh, yeah, thanks to Scott. I mean, I appreciate we always appreciate the you know feedback like that because uh, you know it just helps us out. Uh, Sammy and uh, Horst or Horace. <laughs> uh, any any feedback is good. You know, you gotta yeah. you gotta keep the communications going, and uh, that that helps us uh, you know immensely, and that it uh, it boosts our egos. Yes, it, it, I mean, it swells our heads. Oh above fuck, the, above our shoulders and below our belt. I am going to listen to this episode like probably 20 times before we do the next one. <laughs> cool. Well, that said, we are now at the end of episode two. Who knew we would make it so far? Um, we actually planned out our movies ahead of the time this time. Next yeah, week, we will be covering, we will be doing a um, hobo-themed double feature. Uh, or a, sorry, a... Person Traveling in Train double feature. <laughs> a little stretch there. Uh, we're going to be covering 1972's Boxcar Bertha, a Martin Scorsese, a very early Martin Scorsese movie. And uh, we'll also be covering 2011's Hobo with a Shotgun because we haven't heard enough already about it, but we want to talk about it, so fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> the, uh, we, we are like the, uh, the police in... Um, oh, my God. I just drew the biggest blank oh, in the fucking I, world. I need my cricket uh, and sound effect. Three movies. The <laughs> trilogy. Red Riding. There you go. <laughs> we are like the co- the corrupt cops in the Red Riding trilogy. Why are we doing this movie? Because we can. We're from the South, and we do what we want. Yes, baby. Uh, so yeah, Boxcar Bertha, Hobo with a Shotgun will be next week. Thanks for everybody with the feedback. And um, you can find us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Facebook group now. It is I don't know the web address, but if you look for Silva and Gold in groups, I'm sure you could find it. I haven't actually made a nice, um, nice name for it yet, so it has some ridiculously long number. But uh, Zom and I hang out there and post ridiculous things about old rubbers and dildos. And um, yeah, uh, you can. Sorry, I've, I'm totally caught with my pants down here again. Yes, oh, my pants are always nom 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 nom. nom. Um, <laughs> send us. We we like it. We like we like uh, voicemail. We like emails. Send Dildos. us feedback. Dildos. We like those too. You can send us those. Um, our voicemail line is two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred. Uh, you can also email us at silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can get the show, like I said, on iTunes. It also is on silvaandgold.com, all spelled out. So, yeah, that's our show this week. Um, so from the soon-to-be Irene Rainey, North Carolina, this is Loaf Oot. And this is Amut. See you guys next time. 